Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. One week from today, one week from today, football season starts. Forget about all those silly report dates I told you about. Monday, quarterbacks and rookies. Wednesday, the rest of the players. By the way, saw a ton of players down there again today. Just got done talking to Calais Campbell. Saw the tight ends out going out to practice. I mean, a lot of them are already here, Mm -hmm. ready to roll. But a week from today, they are on the field and football begins. It's already happening in Denver. It's happening in Arizona, and now it's going to happen in Jacksonville one week from today. So uh, it is legitimate. You know what else is legitimate? Big news, uh, at least for us here at Action News Jacks, Action Sports Jacks, CBS 47 and Fox 30. On the TV side, the official station relationship with the Jacksonville Jaguars announced today will continue for another four years. So we're excited about that, happy about that. Congratulations. Yay! I always had a good relationship, uh, even if we're not named the official station uh, for a few. I've been here 12 years, and I think all but three years. Okay. We've been the official station, and we've always had a good relationship with the Jags. Uh, what the official station a lot of times means is the preseason. And uh, so we'll have the preseason games on Fox 30. What it also means carry like Jaguars All Access, and we did that from Mellow Mushroom the last couple of years. You know, 2017, it was unbelievable. People hanging out the doors and the windows because of the success. Uh, last year, good built-in crowd, even though the, the record wasn't great. We have a lot of regulars that go out there. Well, that show moving from Monday to Thursday is the uh, big story today. Calais Campbell going to stay on the show. Cool. Uh, and he's excited about it. I just got done talking to him. I'll share our interview with Calais. It's about a lot of football stuff tomorrow on the program because you'll be away on your way to Tallahassee. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, excited day today. I was down there for a long time for the last couple hours at Jags headquarters. You can feel it. You know what else you can feel? The Rolling Stones. I yeah. mean, I didn't run into Mick Jagger. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. I think I would have recognized him. I Mick. think you'd recognize him or, or Keith Richards as yeah. well. But I did go kind of peek out and look at the... Oh, yeah, yeah, take a little peek. Yeah, look yeah. at the, the staging and the way it's set up. Uh, in fact... You know, I wanted to do the show today from there, maybe mm-hmm. in the pool area, sure. uh, because we knew the announcement was coming with the agreement on the TV side, uh, but we're really not allowed to be in there. The day before the concert, yeah. there's a lot of secrecy around concerts, I guess. I didn't hmm. realize that. Yeah. They don't really don't want you to know too much. They like the element of surprise, sure. how the set's built, what they might potentially do, and they're doing a lot of work over there. But uh, you know what hit me? What's that? The Rolling Stones, like, I've heard of them before. Of course. I know yeah. they're big. Yeah, yeah. But it kind of felt like like they're really big. <laughs> they're huge, like, This is a big deal in Jacksonville. All the media playing it up. First time in 30 years that uh, the Rolling Stones have been here. I mean, you see the they've got the, the their their logo on the plane. Yeah. Uh, I mean, everybody at Jags headquarters today wearing like a Rolling Stones hat. Yeah. The signage all around. I mean, it feels like the Florida-Georgia game <laughs> is, is here no, the, tomorrow. They're that big a deal. Um 
you know, a fun fact about the Rolling Stones, and I'm not sure if this record still stands, but they actually performed in front of the largest crowd back in 2006 at the Coco Cabana Beach. Uh, and get this number, 1.5 million people were there? Turned out. It was a free concert that they put on. Wow. 1.5 million Wow. And at the time, it was the largest concert. I don't recall hearing a bigger concert than that ever, so I'd assume that record still stands. I know Garth Brooks played in, like, Central Park, and obviously, like, uh, Bob Dylan, I think, just played in Hyde Park. Mm -hmm. Is it Hyde Park, right over in London? Yeah. I don't know how many they fit in a place Mm -hmm. like that. Central Park's obviously huge. I don't remember how much were there for Garth, and Garth's not the only one, I don't think, to do that, but million and a half people is a lot of people, Largest rock concert ever, man. I mean, that's like New Year's Day. Yeah. Parade, yeah. New Year's Eve, uh, you know, in, in uh, Times Square. Yeah, yeah, it's so, insane. Why? Why do you think? Uh, again, I am. I mean, I know the Rolling Stones. Sure. I know some of the songs. I, I, but I am the worst musical expert ever. So I'm mm. not going to pontificate about. I, I know some Garth Brooks stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know behind the scenes on music groups. Yeah. Uh, and I just. Do you know? I mean, how yeah. how well, well coming, are you on why? Well, my question is, yeah. why are they so like why million and a half people? What's the attraction well, to Mick Jagger, the Rolling Stones, so much it has made them so big for now the better part of three or four decades? Coming from somebody who played in the high school pet band, who took <laughs> great pride, baritone who, who sax, took great pride playing the bass line for the <laughs> Painted Black. I mean, that was one of my ah, favorite songs to play. Uh, so, you know, that, that song always gave me chills, one of my favorite Rolling Stones songs. So, you know, I, I, I'm a fan, just to say the least. And I think what what, what really took uh, the Rolling Stones to the new level, and this was kind of, I think, a... Um, in terms of their manager and just their marketing strategy. And it's funny because they're actually really good friends with the Beatles, and they were good friends with the Beatles. Um, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, I believe, are left now. But uh, at the time, when the Rolling Stones first came out, they marketed themselves as, like, the anti-Beatles. You know, like, where the Beatles were, like, this clean cut, yeah. uh, almost like your, your boy band that came out of England and just took the world by storm, you know, Beatlemania and everything. While all of a sudden, a few years later, hey, here come the Rolling Stones. You know, the, the, they weren't wearing the suits, and they didn't have the, the bowl cut. I mean, they look different. They were rock stars, you know, and that's how they promoted themselves as the alternative Beatles. And I think people who were looking for something fresh, uh, something exciting, really kind of took towards the Rolling Stones after that then. That's a good take on it. Yeah. Uh, and listen, I could read up on this stuff. Yeah. I could probably watch Behind the Music, right? Mm-hmm. VH1. Sure. Does that yeah, still happen? Oh, uh, I'm not sure if they still have Behind the Music, but I, I grew up watching that, man. <laughs> Rolling Stones, Metallica, Meatloaf. I've seen them all. Yeah, and I haven't. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I probably shouldn't have. I, it would be fun to watch. But uh, hey, if you have any thoughts on the Rolling Stones, you're going uh, today or tomorrow. Check us out, Star Star 690. Give us a buzz. Why Why do you love them so much? Why are they so big? Why do you want to be a part of it tomorrow? See, mm-hmm. I would go to the Rolling Stones concert tomorrow, and I'm not as of now. Uh, we might be heading up to Savannah tomorrow night after the show for a baseball tournament, so I don't know my schedule exactly. But if I got my hands on some tickets, and there are still tickets available, I would go because 20 years from now, 30 years from now, I'd say I saw the Rolling Stones. Oh, of course. But, like, I've got to be honest with you. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, man, I can't believe I'm going to miss that concert. Like, I... I, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I mean, but I would go if if I if it fits. Yeah, just to say I went. And I'm kind of bummed that I'm missing him as well. I'm going to Tallahassee for my fight. But you're talking about Keith Richards, 75 years old. Um, you're talking about Mick Jagger, 75 years old, and they still do the dang thing, man. I mean, they still put on uh, a fantastic show from everyone that I, has ever seen them um, has reported to me, and. 
it's amazing. If you ever follow like uh, Mick Jagger on Twitter or on Instagram, like you see his like workout regimen, what he does, man. Like the, the guy, like he's a true rock star. It's not like he's just going out there sitting on a chair and singing some songs. No, this, this dude's doing like you know jump kicks and and all that. And he's, he's actually Mick Jagger's actually a classically trained ballet dancer. In case you didn't know, so like ah, he, he grew up with that. Deep. Yeah. Well, another fun fact too. So Keith Richards, Mick Jagger, they're both seventy five years old. They've been friends since like preschool, since they're five years old. How about that? Yeah. I did not but know I mean, that. and Keith Richards. Uh, uh, another one of those quote-unquote rock stars who, listen, I think he's done uh, the the what's what in terms of partying like a rock star, let's just say, <laughs> and, the, and the dude's still kicking, man. So I think just to even see them in their mid-70s, man, will be quite the treat because they can still rock. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. I, I like it. Uh, hearing tidbits on, on the Rolling Stones, uh, you can uh, jump in on that too, Star Star 690 throughout the show. If you're heading out there, tell us why. Tell us if you're going to have a big time uh, on Friday here in Jacksonville. Remember, that was postponed, and... To your point about Mick Jagger, there was a video released after he had his medical procedure and, and things were getting better and he was on his way back, mm-hmm. back out on tour. And it was like, gosh, man, that guy's 75 and he's moving like that. And they were using yeah. a rehearsal. Yeah. And the video was. I don't know if it was on Twitter or YouTube, wherever it was. Mm-hmm. But uh, I saw it. I was like, holy cow. That very is admirable, impressive. man. Very that admirable. That is impressive. That's awesome. Uh, so pretty good stuff. Uh, hey, speaking of fight, you're uh, two days away from the fight. Two days away. Uh Cam Graham Cam is Graham. the opponent. Yep. I was kind of thinking about this. Like, do we get down the? How awkward would it be if we had like Cam Graham call into the show and ask about the fight? No, uh, probably, probably not. Be, be a little awkward. Why is that? What you re- rearranged today? Is that what the, the no, game's no, going to be? I, for I today? haven't. I wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't do that. To no, you. I got you. It's uh, an important fight. Yeah, I'm not going to yeah. downplay it. <laughs> uh, but I was just, I was like, I wonder if someday we do that. Like, could you have your opponent? Well, you the, it's like the weigh-in tomorrow is when. Normally, uh, you have the weigh-in in Tallahassee, right? Correct, yes. You know, obviously, sometimes the highly publicized ESPN, they'll yeah. do a whole news conference. There'll yeah. be some talking going on. I, I, that's not what this happens at, at some no, of these no, events, No, not right? at all, but it's funny. Like, with the ESPN, I mean, say there's, like, an MMA, like, a really big pay-per-view coming out. Like, they almost do, like, they call it a car wash. Like, will they go to, like, every yeah. single ESPN show and kind of advertise it? But they do it at the same time. They so do. like so so, so the, they go the opponents are sitting next to each other. Now okay. sometimes So we um, can have them on well, the show. So yeah, but sometimes like for instance Conor McGregor when he fought Jose Aldo, like they had to be separated a couple of times. Same thing with uh, Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor. I think John Jones, Daniel Cormier, the first time they had to be separated as well. So I mean I'm sure that's good T V if they had to be separated, right? Because yeah. that's gonna make you want to watch the fight. But um you have to walk that fine line though, because it could get a little too intense. So next fight in Jacksonville Coos, we're going to get his opponent in here. Mm-hmm. We might need security as well, though. That's, what, that's the moral <laughs> of the story. I'll be the security. I got oh, this. Oh, yeah, great. <laughs> so, so that fight's going to be postponed then, I guess, because <laughs> someone's going to get hit. And then, yeah, hey, as long a... as we live stream it, we'll be good. <laughs> yeah, now, listen, put it on YouTube. The last, this fight's in Tallahassee on it Saturday. Is. We'll talk a little bit about it later in the show because yeah. you're not going to be with us tomorrow. But last fight here in Jacksonville, it was mm-hmm. Players' Championship week. It was. So there's a lot going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, and But other than... Like the next time you fight in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. and hopefully it fits the schedule, you know, there's nothing yeah. crazy going on. It's yeah. all like Florida Georgia week or whatever it might be going. <laughs> yeah. Then, like, we should do the show from the weigh in. Yeah. That wouldn't be a bad idea. They're usually in the early evening, late afternoon, right? So, yeah. So, actually, so this one, since um, it all depends, but this being a pro am, they're going to have the pro weigh ins actually tomorrow at 12. 
So oh, I'm limited tomorrow morning. Yeah, but that's just like the it's just the weigh-ins to make sure I'm, I'm I'll make weight. Obviously, I'm yeah. fine there, and I'm hope my opponent makes weight as well. But then like the official weigh-ins, like where we stare each other down, that's gonna be at five o'clock. Okay, um, perfect. After. So yeah, see that would happen so, right in the show. So I'd be right on the show then. I like Hopefully, it. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, give it one last thought on this for now. Yeah. When you weigh in, what's yeah. the category again for heavyweight? You heavyweight. can't be over two sixty-five. So, so it's two hundred and six pounds or two sixty-five. Two oh six. My goodness, that's it's a quite wide the, margin. It's quite the margin, isn't I it? I mean, really after. Vacation, I'm 206. Yeah, probably. So, so there's uh, the California uh, Athletic Commission is trying to push for because right now the way it is, it's light heavyweight, and light heavyweight is 186 to 206, and then you have the heavyweight, which is like 206 to 65. They're trying to push like a 225, 230 class, but that hasn't been passed yet. But there is a big differential. Are from, you in favor of that? Um, no, because I, I really don't want to cut any weight, <laughs> so I'd rather yeah. stay at heavyweight. But it's something interesting but you're to keep, like uh, keep an eye on. I'm 245. So I yeah. could technically right now mm-hmm. fight you, heavyweight. Let's do it, man. Let's make it happen. <laughs> no, let's not. <laughs> let's listen to the Rolling Stones. Instead. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to talk a little ACC Media Day. Miami on the mic coming up next on ESPN 690. Hey, we had some news out of the Jacksonville Iceman earlier this week. Bob Arablo joined us, a uh, new partial owner of the Jacksonville Iceman and uh, team president, of course, alternate governor, which is a very cool title. Uh, this news today, uh, head coach uh, Jason Christie just uh, received a multi-year contract extension. So there's hope for you and your possibility of joining the Iceman because both Bob and Coach Christie like your skill set, at least they're, a little bit. They're very familiar with me. Uh, I think they like your size. I don't know about your skill set. Oh, Brent, I have the skill set as well. Like I said, all we need to do is set up a tryout. But apparently, according to Bob, I don't even need one of those, man. So He didn't. It's nice. Yeah, I mean. Very he, nice to be 6'6 six, six and uh, not have to have a tryout. Yeah, what's the bad thing about being 6'6? Six, six? Just flying? Flying sucks. Uh, sometimes cars um, aren't. Th- well, you know what, though? I shouldn't say cars because usually I, g- I get the front seat. Because people are, you know, are hospitable, but probably just the flying. I think the airplanes yeah, really stands it, right? out. Yeah. So is uh, it worse? Well, that doors too. Like sometimes you have to lower to get through the door. Is it worse to be tall or short? Oh, short all day. I think. Is it? Yeah. I mean, so much that that dude that wrote the Toy Story song had a song about it. You know, the short mm-hmm. people got no reason to live. Which, oh by the way, gosh. I mean, when you geez, look at it, you really have to go there. That was that's, that's the name of the song, dude. People. Hey, that's the name of the song. Goodness you know what I'm talking gracious. about? You know what I'm talking about? That song? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the name of the song, Brent. Don't act like I just dropped the bombshell. But it sounded like you almost like were endorsing these Brent, things. Brent, it was the soundtrack of Toy Story. I think I can say it on the radio. Toy Story 4 is out. Yeah, and I've heard oh. uh, some of my friends have seen it. It's supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, my uh, kids saw it yeah. over vacation um, with my mom. And so they, they like liked it? it. They said they liked it. Is it pretty emotional, though? I didn't. I didn't okay. go that deep. See, you yes. have to go that deep. Oh, yeah, like Kuz has seen it. I've seen it. Pretty emotional. You cried. Oh yeah. Don't tell me you cried at Toy Story. I did. See, oh yeah, I'm, I'm not going to see it then. I'm not taking my son. Oh my goodness. It's nope. it's a tough one. Uh, Lion King comes out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Now um, remember, this is a we're supposed to do a team building. So, listen, if you want Nicole. If you want to take the family, sorry, yeah. Ty, Kaylee, and Steph. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Yep, for together, sure. Together, popcorn, Diet Coke, and Lion King. Yeah. So I think it's going to be just the boys. Sorry to our families. Um, Ronan, I guess you can watch it when it comes on Netflix. <laughs> but until that time, uh, me, Mr. Brent, as Ronan calls you. And I don't think he really knows Coos. He doesn't need to know Coos. But, uh, <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah, well, we're all going to go to the movies and uh, check out Lion King, I think. It would be a good team we bonding. We could invite the whole family. Yeah, you could, but, you know, 
We'll see. We might have to do it. I yeah. even think of inviting the TV guys. There we go. All but one of them. There we go. I mean, that, that's a big thing with football, too. We used to do, like, the team movies where uh, with the Jaguars, you used to always go see a movie, um, you know, and kind of shut the theater down because you got literally a yeah, 90, 90, 90 guys <laughs> and coming coaches. through the theater. Yeah, and the coaches as well. So, yeah, I, you, Did you think that did anything? Was it just a nice break individually, nice or break. was there actually like? Because there's two ways to look at it. I was talking to a buddy today, and they actually uh, were going on in, in their workplace on a little team building, yep. and uh, you know, there's two thoughts. It's like, okay, you go team building because you're about to go in. Like this is a really busy season for us coming up. Mm-hmm. I mean, we really it won't stop now. From, I mean, it's already kind of started for me, but next week through. At least February, like yeah. Super Bowl time. And I actually think because of the Players' Championship and the NFL Draft, to me, it kind of runs through April now. So it's a busy, busy stretch. But you know what happens in that busy, busy stretch? You're with the same people the yeah. whole time, like more than your family. Yeah, so yeah. why do I want to go somewhere else and spend more time with you right now before it all starts? Yeah, you know, I think it all depends what you're doing. Like. When we did the team movie, you know, that's just kind of a low-key break. You get out of the sun, you get in the air conditioning. I remember one time, though, uh, Coach Malarkey, he had us do paintball, which was interesting because that's a pretty physical activity. How many people ended up on injured reserve? Nobody, but you know what? Uh, and coming from someone who played in paintball tournaments, like so from Wisconsin, we used to drive to this place, and I'm not making this up. It's a town called Hell, Michigan, and it was called the Battle in Hell. And uh, <laughs> it was about like a six, seven-hour drive, but it was a giant paintball tournament, and it literally pitted about 1,200 people versus 1,200 people. I'm not sure if they do that. This is back in high school, mind you. But um, So we used to always go to paintball tournaments, so I'm pretty experienced when it comes to paintball. And uh, that was a fun expedition with the team just because I got to shoot Coach Cullen in the face, <laughs> which was awesome. And, and he, but, guess what? He was not happy about it yeah, either. That's one of the big failures of our radio show to to this point. What's that? Because we haven't had Cullen on. <laughs> I mean, I kind of forgot about that. Success, I you know, I mean, what a, he's a pretty busy man, Brent. He's got, he's got the he's Ravens got to worry time. about. I mean, uh, he's a busy dude. Joe Cullen probably has his name mentioned more on this show than anybody else. Well, I mean, the, the way the guy screamed, I think he deserves to have his name mentioned. Like, the, the guy stood out for a lot of reasons, though. So. Uh, speaking of, I saw some of the guys, the training guys today. Okay. And they were asking how the show's going. Cool. Been listening and checking it out. And told me a story that when you were around okay uh that you guys there were a few of you that would have to bring in a random youtube clip every day oh yeah yeah so uh it was, was this rod that told you or justin rod, yeah, rod, 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 yeah. Rod, but he said justin and you and, yeah. and rod, i think it was the three of you yeah 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 and somebody and you found what was the song that shod khan danced to Oh, uh, out in front of the Jaguar. Gotham style. Yes. So when and you yeah. found it well, before anybody. Yeah. So, so you got to remember, like Gotham style was out for a long time before it got it went viral. Yeah. So I don't know how I even came across. I was just literally I was watching one video. I think it was like a K-pop. I was just I was bored one day. I'll be honest. And uh, this thing just popped up and it was like Gotham style. I'm like, all right, let's check it out. Um. So, yeah. So then I, I shared that with like the locker room and then it kind of grew from there. And like literally probably a month later, then it, all of a sudden, like everyone's playing it. You were ahead. I was way ahead of it, man. I was, I was, I was a hipster That's what like he said. that. Yeah. He gave you- but um, the, the videos that we used to watch, you ever heard of Epic Mealtime? No. So Epic Mealtime was a group. Because you heard of them? It Epic sounds Mealtime? really familiar. Yeah, yeah. They, they kind of had their run, you know, like back in 2010, 2011, um, you know, about a decade ago now. But basically, Epic Mealtime was a bunch of guys who got together and just made these ridiculous um, dinners, you know. So, like, they had this thing called fast food lasagna. So they'd spend, like, 
five hundred bucks like at a bunch of fast food restaurants, and then they combine them and make like a big lasagna. So okay. we used to always watch Epic Meal Time. It's funny like how it's like the little things like when you're going through training camp that keep you entertained, and like Epic Meal Time was one of them. So I was always the guy that kept people entertained. Well, Rod got me thinking though. Yeah. Maybe it's time to every week or every every day is probably a little much, but yeah. you got to go find that random YouTube clip and maybe we, yeah, we, maybe, we maybe break into something. Okay. All right. I'll see what I can do. Might have to add this to your uh, flat stay I'll in your see, lane. I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. All right. I teased Miami. We'll talk to Miami in just a bit. But we got it. And then YouTube. I mean, yeah. I mean, between the gram and YouTube, it's worth it. Easy, Brent. That's, that's one gram of the day. Just saying. <laughs> Hopefully people take that in the right context. I was going to say, depending on who is listening, that could mean many different things. <laughs> wow. Well, come on. The Rolling Stones are in town. It's all good. That's good. Uh, when we come back, we'll hear from Manny Diaz. And we'll also go to SEC Media Days as uh, they put a bow on those things. Predictions are out. And we'll get a recap of the week from an old friend who graduated from UNF here in Jacksonville. It's all next on ESPN 690. We're not what we were when we lived off the field in New York. We're not that team. What team we are, um, I'm not really sure yet. We're going to get an idea of that next Friday when we get back together again. Our focus the whole season is to learn how to be a team that's defined by our toughness um, and our level of competition, which is really what the University of Miami has always been founded on. That's Manny Diaz, uh, new head football coach at Miami. The Miami Hurricanes having their day at ACC Media Days in Charlotte uh, as they put a bow on things. You know, I like Diaz. We had him on. Remember when he came up to Jacksonville, visited? uh, I thought he – I think he's going to be really good for Miami. Mm -hmm. They've got some things to take care of. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to be really good right right away. Mark Richt, of course, kind of left them and and retired. in, in a weird situation because of the Diaz situation. He had taken the Temple job that all of a sudden ricked out of the nowhere, retires, and then Manny Diaz says, okay, Temple, sorry, I'm going back to Miami. So it was an interesting set of circumstances. Bottom line is they need a quarterback. Yeah. And, you know, it's college football, man. It's the NFL. It's high school football. It doesn't matter. It's Pop Warner at eight years old. If you don't have a quarterback, it's really hard to be successful. And, you know, at times they had QB play at Miami that was okay. You know, two years ago, it looked like they might sneak into the Final Four and have a chance for a national championship. They were on such a roll, and they were overachieving that year, no doubt. But imagine that year if they had, like, a quarterback that really could take them somewhere. Yeah. Uh, You know, and that's what they're looking for. It's like anybody else. You know, Florida State needs to find some quarterbacks. Is Felipe Franks enough at Florida? You know, UCF has been really good the last two years. You know why? Because they've had a pretty darn good quarterback. Uh, we'll talk a little UCF coming up later on. Yeah. And we'll talk a little Miami coming up a, a bit more, too, and just to put a bow on ACC Media Days. But right now, let's put a bow on SEC Media Days, where we bring in Ryan Hennessy, a UNF graduate, now covering college football, uh, uh, covering Auburn and Alabama especially. But he joins us. Are you still in uh, Hoover, Birmingham, whichever uh, one you want to call it? I'm in Hoover still, and Brent, you know, and how you guys doing? Thanks for having me. You know how it is once uh, the final coach goes. This place is getting stripped of all the SEC Scatter. stuff. <laughs> it's like everything's gone, and it's been an hour since Malzahn spoke. So, but yeah, SEC media days wrapping up a full day. And I heard what you said about Franks. I mean, really, the quote that he said this week was, "I want to be an NFL quarterback." And uh, this is a big make or break year for him is with his future in the NFL. But it was a great week overall. Uh, for for all the teams coming through, and Ryan Hennessy joining us uh, works for WTVY News. And which one do you cover more of, Alabama 
or Auburn, and how close are you to Birmingham Hoover? So I'm three hours from Birmingham. I'm in Dothan, Alabama. It's the southeastern end of Alabama. I work two hours from Auburn. And a little trip, a four-hour trip to Alabama, but we try to split it half and half. It's a two-person sports team, and uh, we make the trip. I went up to the national championship. Uh, I went down to Miami for the Orange Bowl. So, uh, you know, whoever whoever goes far, that we, we, we follow. So I'm um, rooting for both of them this year. But that's the big question. Alabama went on Wednesday, and uh, Tua Tungvaluwa made his uh, SEC media debut. That was pretty cool because, obviously, last year, they were in the uh, quarterback competition with Jalen Hurts, but now it's his team and his media day, and uh, he really, uh, you know, has a lot to prove this year. Even though he brought his team to the national championship last year. Yeah, Ryan Hennessy with us. Hey, uh, as you wrap up media days, here's my takeaway. I told you this when we were going to get you on. I don't really think there are any major headlines out of media days. I mean, l- listen, as ACC, they're announcing the ACC network. That's really the headline there. But it's kind of like in the ACC, can anybody catch Clemson? There's such a gaping <laughs> hole between everybody else and Clemson. You know, the SEC is not like that. Everybody pounds their chest, says we're going to be better, we're going to be better. Everybody raves about the East. They went to six teams, went to bowl games. Like now all of a sudden going to a bowl game in the SEC is a big deal. Uh, but there's two teams in the SEC. And Maybe three with Florida, but it seems like it's power heavy with Alabama and Georgia. But, you know, there just were not a lot of big headlines. It was deep dive stuff this week at the SEC Media Days. Nothing at all, Brent. I mean, you know Saban's not going to say. I mean, he might yell at a reporter here or there, but he wasn't saying anything. Malzahn, nothing about the quarterback position today. He didn't say anything. No decision. I know Gatewood's in your guys' neck of the woods, and he's looking like potentially might be the starter, but he's going up against a uh, Alabama native, so that's going to be tough, but, uh, you know, it's it's really interesting to see who they're going to go with. Obviously, Gatewood is uh, a taller, kind of, I don't want to say Cam Newton, because obviously no one's Cam Newton, but he, he looks the part, and uh, he's got a big arm, but uh, Nix has been the man in, in Alabama in high school football, and everyone knows his name. Mr. Auburn, and uh, so that's going to be interesting, but you're right, no headlines. And you're right about the whole, you know, that there's only two teams because it's not that they're not good teams. It's the fact that, did you see Texas A&M schedule? They're playing Clemson this year, and then they're going to have to play all these teams in the West as well. So it's tough to get out of there. That's why you said Florida might have a shot going against Georgia because the East is a lot easier, it looks like. LSU is good again this year. Um, So there's a lot of teams that are just – have very hard schedules. I mean, Auburn starting off the season against Oregon, a top quarterback. Melton talked about that. There are just so many teams that are having very hard schedules next year. It's some of the hardest jobs to be coaching in the SEC West. Absolutely. Auburn plays uh, at Florida, I think it is, this year uh, in the Swamp. Um, am I right on that? Yeah, yep. right, right. I'm going to yeah. try and make that trip. I hope I see you down there. Yeah, yeah you'll see one of us. Uh, sometimes I'm not allowed to go on the Gators to the Gators games. We've got a couple of Gators in the sports office, so I get <laughs> blocked. Uh, but, hey, you real quick, Austin wants to ask you a couple things, too. But you mentioned Joey Gatewood. Obviously played at Bartram Trail, fighting for that job. Uh, Malzahn, mum on that battle. But give us a sense because we uh, we've been following that kid since he was in eighth grade, and you know he's a stud looking guy. You know, I mean, he looked, yeah. You know, you bring up Cam Newton, but the physical presence of a guy like Joey Gatewood is really remarkable and has been for quite some time. But what I'm asking you about is Bo Nix, because you gave us a little insight, but elaborate if you will on just how much of a kind of a folk hero is probably a little too dramatic, but how much buzz there's been about this guy in the state of Alabama. 
Well, he was always, you know, they, they were kind of waiting for him to come here, and, and they're excited that he's here now. Uh, but the, the problem is they're both freshmen. One of them's redshirted. One of them is a true freshman. And going on Gatewood really quickly, I, I went to uh, – media days in high school down in Alabama with, with an internship, and I interviewed him, and I'm like, what position do you play? He's like, I thought I was going to say D-end or tight end. He's like, quarterback, and I'm like, oh, man, this guy is like a freak athlete, but Knicks can run as well. Knicks can run. He's a dual threat, and that's what Malzahn said. He said, regardless of the player, we're going to have a dual threat quarterback, and he knows that with this day and age, with the quarterback, especially in the SEC, I mean, that was the big thing this week, Brent, was all these quarterbacks came this year, and uh, they're really a lot – Almost all of them are dual threat, which is the way that college football is going. And uh, it's no lie that it's going to help your team. But I really don't know. It's a toss-up of what's going to happen. But, you know, Malzahn gave the case that it's not going to be like Alabama last year where they played Louisville and Orlando. and it's Like, who's going to trot out first? And it was Tua. I think he said it's better to have it before the game because Oregon's such a tough opponent, not like Alabama when they were playing a Louisville, but they kind of knew that they could handle with ease. So, it's going to be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if they went with Gatewood and then went to next middle of the season. But, you know, that's never good when you're trying to play in the SEC West and you don't know which quarterback you're going to go with and you're switching. So uh, it, it, they're, they're both great quarterbacks. I saw them at uh, Auburn A-Day. Um, they both can run, I mean, as well as they could with, you know, not being able to touch the quarterback. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's going to be an interesting uh, interesting decision that uh, Malzahn's going to have to make and, He's gonna, you know, a lot of a lot of rumors about this might be a big year for him. So we'll see. Hey, what's up, Ryan? It's Austin Lane. How you doing, man? Doing well, man. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. So, like you said, there wasn't a lot of stories out of SEC Media Day, but the one I really took, um, you know, was the fact that Jeremy Pruitt, the head coach of, of Tennessee, kind of filibustered for 21 minutes uninterrupted <laughs> and basically just kind that. of went on this rambling speech. I, were you there at that press conference? And what, what was kind of the vibe, um, you know, from other media members? Because one would think they're probably upset, but at the same time, props to Jeremy Pruitt for kind of flexing the rules a little bit because he only answered about five or six questions you could tell he didn't want to be there yeah it was great because uh you you get the printout uh someone has to you know write everyone what they say and he just went for the whole thing and then he had like three questions and it was hilarious it was a brilliant move um i don't think he uh he i think he said he's like i'm not the biggest fan of these media days that was in the print room i'm in the tv room They, they go to print and then they go to tv so i saw him up there but i didn't really know he was just talking and that that was honestly a big talk of of of, of the day of Pruitt just going for twenty minutes out of his twenty five he had probably in front of the print people and I'm sure they didn't like that. Absolutely, Ryan Hennessy with us uh, works in TV in Dalton, Alabama. Uh, UNF Osprey, so he's always swooping, uh, and he joins us on ESPN six ninety right now from the SEC Media Day. He's been there all week long. Uh, hey, I I can't seem to find it yet, and I was down at the Jags for quite a while today. Have they? Did they make the predictions? Did they make those public yet? I haven't seen anything like the voting. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, like yeah, you, I voted. I, I, I don't. I didn't see anything yet. I can. I, I haven't gotten an email. I'm sure I would get an email. So I haven't seen the predictions yet of, uh, you know, that you pick the players and stuff as well. But uh, I did see something today though that two and Trevor Lawrence are favored even for the Heisman this year, which is kind of interesting. I don't know which uh, site I saw that on, but that's an interesting thing because. You know, I posted a picture and I said, you know, the most popular quarterback in the nation, Tua Tungvaluwa, and I got a lot of responses saying Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. So, Tua said, you know, he's probably going to he's probably going to see Trevor Lawrence down the road again uh, this year. So, 
that'll be an interesting uh, matchup. It's going to be a sophomore Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, well, it could. We'll see what happens uh, once again. But it does feel like the collision course always is happening uh, with Clemson and Alabama. And I, and I actually, we'll get into this as the season gets a little closer. But it's really who else could jump into that conversation. Uh, you know, and obviously Jake Fromm comes to mind if he can get something out of those young wide receivers. Uh, and maybe somebody else sneaks in there. I mean, maybe it's one of these Auburn quarterbacks, you know, <laughs> that, that whoever they decide on has a monster year. I mean, if Gus Malzahn picks the right guy in that system, if things are right, I mean, you can have one heck of a year. So you never really know. And there's always somebody that emerges that we're not even going to talk about. And I'm just talking SEC, ACC right now. Forget about the rest of the country. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the big question is, is he going to pick the right guy, though? And he's got, I, I would say, if I was a coach, that's probably the job I would least want because of the difficulty of schedule. You always have to play these, you got to play Alabama every year. And with Nick Saban, I mean, you're not, you're not going to be playing a team that's going to, you know, lose. They're just, they just, they're so good. And he snuck one away two years ago. But, and that's why Malzahn really kept him around with two years ago. And uh, a lot of people are, are, are very nervous in the state of Alabama about Gus Malzahn next year. And uh, I actually interviewed Paul Feinbaum about two hours ago, and he was telling me, he's like, you know, he's like, I've been getting calls from people. He said, I wouldn't be shocked if they won six games this year. And that's a that's a big take, but it's, it's from Feinbaum, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna just quote him on that. But I mean, it, they have a hard schedule. They have a good hard schedule, Brent Austin. I mean, they really do. And. Uh, I'm really excited, but Brent, isn't it the best though when you go to these things because you know football is right around the corner? I mean, that's that's what I got from all this. That's my big takeaway. It's like it's right here, and that's what really you know what the whole thing. It kind of pulled us full circle before we let you go. Ryan Hennessy with us, uh, graduated from UNF, works in uh, Dothan, Alabama, covering the SEC media days uh, all this week. Really covers Auburn and Alabama, so some good insight on both of those programs. As we've talked a lot about Florida and Georgia and the rest of them uh, throughout the week, but. You know, it, it is. It's just our thirst for football in this society as a sports society. I mean, we want it, we need it. I mean, the, you you saw it there. I saw it last year in Atlanta. But the just the extravagant nature of what SEC Media Days has become, the rolling out of the red carpet, the amount of time, the amount of outlets, uh, the amount of coverage on ESPN and SEC Network, of course, their own. Uh, and the idea now that not only will they go back to Atlanta, where it was a success right next to the College Football Hall of Fame, but now they want to spread their wings even more and make it a thing. You know, tie into Nashville and that scene and the music scene and the downtown scene. And will they eventually make this at least come closer to what the NFL draft is? Not going to do that. Uh, that's a huge stretch. But at least kind of mimic it and copy what that has become to a degree, which could mean for more fan involvement in the SEC media days. I'm not sure some of those coaches want to see that. <laughs> Absolutely, Brent. And uh, talking about fans, we've had some fans here from like, 6 a.m. come down here. One guy has a dog that he painted into a tiger. And I tweeted out on my Twitter, um, Gus Nelson was like, there's my dog. And it literally looks like a tiger. And these fans love it. It's, like I said, the start of college football. And I can't wait for it to get here, guys. All right. Make sure you follow uh Ryan Hennessy at Ryan Hennessy TV. So it's at Ryan Hennessy TV. Go check him out. Uh, hey, hope you're doing well, man. Thanks for checking in. We'll we'll do it from time to time, especially uh, when Auburn's going to visit the uh, Gators down the road. Uh, we'll check in with you and see how things are going. Okay. Absolutely, Brent. See you guys. Thank you. Good All talking right. to you. Uh, Ryan Hennessy joined us from uh, SEC Media Days. We'll have some more Miami conversation, put a bow on the ACC side of things uh, a little bit later on.
But when we come back, Tiger. Mm. Speaking of Tiger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> been an interesting day at the Open Championship. Yeah. I learned a new word. Okay. I saw a guy hit a shot out of a bunker and a land on his keister. Yep, that, that was always my following for the day, but I figured that would be pretty <laughs> he, topical for us to talk about. Fell. Yeah, <laughs> very very aggressive bunkers there in uh, in Northern Ireland. And I got a question for Coos. Uh oh, how's Rory doing? Mmm, there it is. Oh, there it is. We'll talk a little Open Championship next on ESPN 690 and update the scoreboard. I've got this insane amount of energy today. You're hyped up, man. It's fight week. It is. Like, I don't know what it is. Actually, I was exhausted this morning. I, I've not slept well since I got home from vacation. Like, but You know why? I think because I slept so much on vacation that I can't get to bed. Uh. <laughs> but oddly enough, I get up early today, played a little nine holes. Nice. Uh, how'd it go, by the way? Awful. Awful? Oh, my gosh. Like, bad, like Northern Ireland bad? Or? Oh, yeah. Like okay. David Duvall bad. Oh, yeah. He's, he's part of my something. Yeah, bad. it was bad. <laughs> and, uh... But you know what? It didn't matter. Like, I haven't played in a few weeks, and I'm not a guy that can just go out there and walk out there and play well. Sure. And so I knew it was bad, and so it was more like I got a morning walk-in. <laughs> well, at least you're staying active and healthy, man. Oh, yeah. Like, you know? I, it didn't bother. Like, once in a while, I might have threw an F-bomb out there once. Ah, everyone throws Maybe F-bombs threw out there. club once. Yeah. Just because threw I was club? like... Well, I just kind of tossed it toward my bag, not like violently threw but it. But didn't go in the bag, obviously. No, no, no. No, that was actually more of a heave now that I look got, back on it. We got anger issues we got to talk about, man, or what's up? Uh, but it's like if you hit it to the right like seven times off the tee in a row, by the eighth <laughs> hole, I sh- I've played enough golf that I should figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, 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 it's my fault, but I was sure. a little mad at me. Okay. Um, but anyway, for some reason, I, I've got this like uh, – Maybe it's our agreement that we reach with the Jags. I, don't, I mean, I knew that was coming. That, that's, that's fun. I'm mm-hmm. glad. It might have been me and down at Jags headquarters, and I just spent like a half hour talking to Calais it's football Campbell. Football season, man. And I love talking to Calais, man. Calais yeah. is a lot of fun. And by the way, if you didn't hear the top of the show, four-year agreement uh, to continue our relationship with the Jags on the TV side of things, CBS 47 and Fox 30 as the official stations. Uh, the preseason games will be on Fox 30. You know, Our Monday night show, Jaguars All Access, is now going to Thursday nights. Calais, for the third year in a row, is going to do that show with uh, Jeff Lagerman and myself. So uh, hopefully you can come out and uh, make a big deal. It's because a pretty good event out there at uh, Mellow Mushroom in Avondale, so it will return for another season. But on Thursdays instead, and, and that will get us into uh, Thursday Night Football on Fox 30. And we've got a lot of other things in the work works, both TV-wise, CBS 47 and Fox 30, and here on ESPN 690. Uh, so we'll continue to share some of the, the news coming out. Um, with some Jaguars coverage, with some high school football. We were just talking about um, some things in the break that could be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's all on the way. We're having a blast with it. But I do think it's maybe because football is here. Maybe this is my first time I'm excited about it, being here. Yeah. I, like, I usually push it off, say, don't get here fast. Don't get here fast. But yeah, I am just excited about football. Well, and I'm excited for football, too, man, because, I mean, you know, if you're in the city of Jacksville, there's hype around the Jaguars, but also it's the start of fantasy football. And then that's when... You know, you start talking smack to your boys and everything like that. You're starting to get those insults ready. Uh, so that's kind of a cool thing, too, as well. So I, I myself am getting excited, but also mentally prepared. All right, let's talk this out. Okay, we're going to have a production meeting with everybody here uh, that's listening. Hopefully you guys can help us. I am not smart. Okay, I could just stop there. <laughs> but I'm not smart on fantasy football. <laughs> Yeah. I am not smart when it comes to, well, it beats the one when I said I'm high or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, and then forgot what I was saying. But, uh, 
I don't really know the fantasy football world well. Yeah. I told you, I haven't played it in a long time. I can can show you the rules. And I've never run leagues. Like, so if I've done it, I've done it, joined up a league. I know how to do that. You go, you put the code in, you you know, you're part of a 12-person league. What I can't seem to figure out is if we want people to join in. Like, if we want to have a big, have some fun with the listeners. Mm -hmm. Well, you can't have just 12 people. Right, I mean, we're gonna be in it, so it's two, three of us. Yeah. And you, what do you have? Nine other people. You want? You don't want to do more than a twelve-person league in fantasy football. No, usually it's a twelve-person league. You can do like a fourteen-person 14 league. Or 16 if you want, but, but you don't want to. That's aggressive. Right? Yeah. So, are we trying to gamble? Well, of course. Because we be could do like we could do like Fanduel, where like they let you do a big tournament style. Well, and that's what I'm wondering. So, do you do like a weekly thing where you get the masses involved? We Say do we like want a pick 50 people. Yeah, I mean, you can do that, too, as well. So, like, with FanDuel, yeah, basically it's just, like, it a weekly week. version. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, everyone gets a salary. They have to stay underneath the salary with picking their players. And then I think, like, the top three get, get the payout. So this is a wide open uh, – this is right now a town hall meeting with everybody listening on ESPN 690 yes. and all the different platforms, YouTube, yeah. Facebook, Twitch, Twitter. Yeah. Uh, check us out on all the apps. But I'm the, I'm looking for feedback here, and I don't just trust you two. Uh, <laughs> that's a big problem. Well, yeah. but. So do people get offended, though, if you don't have, like, a league? Like, would you prefer to play in the FanDuel kind of format where it's, like, an open, say, 50 people, 100 people, whoever wants to sign up in a weekly thing, and you can change your teams weekly, mm-hmm. and you might have some of the similar players, right? Yeah. Uh, or or do you are you, like, the a season. snob about this and you need to be in, a like, a league, a 12-player no, I mean, league? I'm in leagues, man, regardless. So if we choose to, like, the whole FanDuel option... That, that, that's cool. Uh, the only thing I enjoy about the league that makes it uh, entertaining, for instance, like if you, Kuz, and myself were all in a league together, like say your first round pick gets hurt, well then I would be inclined to talk smack about that first round pick getting hurt for the whole year. For, for the yeah, for the well until the player comes back. So I think in, in terms you of talk smack, smack about my weekly mess ups, you can, but a little less. We no, could, you can. We could do a thing where like maybe it's we have one. That everybody can be in, where it's a pick 'em, and then we do something that makes like you got to prove to us you deserve to be one of the twelve, or you know, one of the whoever. Yeah, I nine, like it. I like and it. And then we, so we have hey, both. Coach, I'm not even sure I deserve to be one of the twelve. <laughs> I like so, it. The ESPN 690 cult coming on yeah, strong. You know what are you guys gonna do for us? <laughs> you gotta prove, prove a, your loyalty. Prove your loyalty. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Here we go. You take us in a lot of directions, Brent. So anyway, I I uh, I don't know which my way car to go. And get, go, go come outside, wash my car. You get in the fantasy football. The one I would say more like a screenshot of yourself or a picture of yourself listening oh to the show. Oh, or coos, something. Coos, coos, the the coos. one thing I I will say is that if you're in a league and you're too, doing terrible, yeah, well then it's over like halfway through, so you're not even interested anymore. The day, the weekly thing at least yeah. gives you like hope every week because we'd have like a weekly prize. No, but right? at, at the same time though, that's what makes it better because if, if that guy is struggling, then you can actually uh, you know give him some crap every single week. Like for instance, last year my friend Joe uh, lost like his first eight games, so we set up a GoFundMe account uh, to, to have him get like fantasy football advice. And the funny thing was <laughs> is that Go, GoFundMe still hits me up. It's like, hey, you, you haven't raised any money yet for, for Joe's uh, fantasy football expedition, like. Do you want to try to put, you know boost that? I'm like, no, I'm fine. We're all good. Uh, all right. But yeah, I mean, there's crazy things that go with that when it's like the year-long fantasy football thing. Brent. Well, thanks for uh, sharing all your thoughts. And you can do so at Star Star 690 or also on any of the social uh, media platforms. Give us some advice, will you? Uh, and sorry I didn't talk golf, but I'll do it next. Plus, balling and falling coming up on ESPN 
ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. A week away from football season here in Jacksonville, Florida. Denver Broncos already underway out west in the Rockies. And Arizona, Kyler Murray getting going as well. Hey, who's more intriguing this year in the NFL before we get to some golf and balling and falling? Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield? Ooh, good question. That's like a news and notes question right there by you, Coos, which has taken about a four-month hiatus. <laughs> That's it. You mean the hot topics? Hot topics, yeah. News oh, and okay. Notes. See, yeah. I even forgot the name of the segment. <laughs> it's been so long. That's why I was confused. That's probably why like, too hot to handle. On, on our rundown sometimes I put like news and notes instead of hot topics. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think he probably was like, What is he talking about? No, I got no idea. About. Although he never asked what is he talking no, about. No, he just goes with the flow. But I think yeah. I renamed it news and notes. Okay. Fair enough. Um that's a great question. Maybe we'll we'll that at another place. I don't even remember. Yeah. <laughs> um as far as most intriguing, you know, Baker Mayfield was the first year of fluke. Um, I think he's surrounded by the guys that are going to help him win and be successful. So I have to go with uh, Kyler Murray because you look at what the Cardinals sacrificed to get him. You look at the circus that they had actually go through with uh, trading away Josh Rosen after they kind of made it clear that he was the guy. And so I think to me it's Kyler Murray hands down. Yeah, I you know there's just so much love right now for Baker Mayfield. Oh yeah, and I mean. They- and the Cleveland Browns, really, in general. You know, I, all these people are talking about Baker Mayfield, and it crossed my mind today. Were we saying the same things about a guy like Johnny Manziel? Were we saying the same things about, let's try to think of somebody that might have been uh, uh, like a decent start but hasn't really done much? Well, I, can't even I, come I think up with well, one, I think Sam Darnold after week one when he, they played in Detroit. Yeah. Remember Sam Darnold, like, yeah. I think he threw for like three or four touchdowns. Like, it's the next reincarnation of Brett Favre. True. Uh, you know, Mayfield did a lot. He had a pretty good sample size last yeah. year. So, I, I don't know. It just feels it feels like if I could steal one of your pump your brake segment, I would probably do so on Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of that is because of what I learned here in Jacksonville, is even when you have some talent mm-hmm. and maybe even stars, it doesn't mean you win. Learning how to get it done is still different. You know, and learning how to sometimes be a pro, learning how to handle failure and success. We've seen it both ways around here. You know, the year before they went to the AFC Championship game in Jacksonville, they still had a lot of talent, you know. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of blooming talent. They didn't do much with it because they didn't handle it mentally very well, I don't think. I mean, there was a lot of different reasons. A lot of people might blame Gus Bradley. That's fine. But they just, even with some of the talent, they didn't do much. And then last year is a great indicator of they didn't handle success very well. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't. I almost wonder if this is a bad thing for Cleveland. Yeah. Hearing it and hearing it and hearing it and no, hearing it. Yeah. And I just I get my doubts uh, See, about the Browns. To me, Cleveland though, it's like they're almost too big not to. I mean, they're they're, they're too big not to. Uh, they're too big, I guess. I won't say not to fail, but that's kind of what I'm getting like at. Too where, much talent, not yeah. To there's fail. too much tail. Yeah, too much talent. Yeah, but if because they go 500, man, that's a failure. Oh, that's Given a, that, that, that's a big doing, time killer. Absolutely, you can go but, 500 to the NFL and have but, talent. But listen, but you're playing in the division that the Cincinnati Bengals aren't expected to do really anything this year. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers coming off of a season with a lot of controversy and a lot of distraction. We'll see how they pick up now. Um, you lost Le'Veon Bell. You lost Antonio Brown. Yeah, but you, you and lost the Browns some key still players. The Browns. We'll see, Brad. But I'm saying when you got Odell Beckham Jr., we got Jarvis Landry, we got Nick Chubb. When you have that guy from Kansas City who came over, uh, you know, to play running back as well. When you got players like that on your team, you got a solid defense to fall behind. It's 
everything is in place for Baker Mayfield to succeed. And, and don't get it twisted. This is the same GM that took Patrick Mahomes, that saw yep. something in Patrick Mahomes as well, and kind of vouched for Baker Mayfield. That said Baker, yeah, right that, that said Baker Mayfield was his guy. So he saw something in him as well. And I think he saw the, you know, that moxie, um, almost that swagger. Yeah. Uh, he's got that. Yeah. And he's got that, you know, but like you said, it's curious to see if things don't go, uh, the Browns way right off the bat of how Baker Mayfield can respond to that because yeah. he, he's kind of always been like the front runner. And be ready, by the way. I think Kyler Murray is going to dazzle at times. Yeah. He's going to be so good at times in this system that people are going to kind of be learning mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and he will – I think even Larry Fitzgerald, I think I saw an ESPN report, and Larry Fitzgerald said he knows the offense better than I do. <laughs> you know, because quite, he quite knows – the compliment. You know, yeah. I mean – I don't know if that's a compliment or just well, it's such a new offense. Considering Larry Fitzgerald's been in the NFL for like 20-something yeah, years now. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's a great compliment. It yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. But my point is, I think Kyler Murray will have some success and wild moments that will get people so excited. But yeah. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to be some one of those guys like, okay, but the league gets tape on you. Mm-hmm. And what you see in the first four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, sometimes even first year, year and a half. And that's why I say, okay, I think I made a bet with you that Mahomes isn't going to hit 40 touchdowns this year. We, we did, yes. And I, I just think that's why I'm still not, I'm still undecided if, if Deshaun Watson's elite. Mm-hmm. Because I do think it corrects itself along the way. And I'll, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but well, I usually don't think negatively about teams or people or players. I'm just saying I think the history of the league says people catch up to you and can then you rise above that catching up yeah. well that's where the elite stand out you know but let me ask you this does it seem like the league catches up more towards the quarterbacks that um have the ability to run like you know like, like a Mike Vick like a Kyler Murray like maybe a Patrick Mahomes or uh I don't say Aaron Rodgers cuz he's more of a like the pocket passer he can run but you know as opposed to like Philip Rivers has been doing it forever people haven't figured him out yet yeah, yeah. Drew Brees doing it forever Tom Brady doing it forever um they're more of like the traditional pocket quarterbacks but it almost seems like the Colin Kaepernick's um the, the Kyler Murray's the guys that the Cam even Cam Newton yeah. you know the guys that have the ability to run it seems like for whatever reason teams have figured them out a lot more more than the, the, like the traditional pocket passers. Well, that's because I think you can argue, you can make yeah. this claim, and we can save it for another day, but I think sometimes using your legs is a crutch for what you can't do with your mind and your arm. Yeah. That's what we have at the quarterback position now. Yeah, You're still seeing a guy that is one one-hundredth the athlete of Cam Newton mm-hmm. find way more success in Tom Brady yeah. because of what he does mentally and with his arm and experience. True. Then, I mean, and not to say that Cam Newton doesn't have the mind to do things mm-hmm. at the quarterback spot. He certainly has the arm strength, yeah, but does yeah. he have the accuracy? Not really, mm-hmm. I don't think. Um, but he makes up for some of that with his legs, something that Brady can't do. So, I mean, it's it's fascinating. And I'm just saying, I Mayfield and the Browns, I'm, I'm like so tentative about getting on board with everybody else. Mm-hmm. And by the way, as everybody was talking up the Jags, last year and two years ago, there were a lot of people in Cleveland and other places around the country who were saying, yeah, I'll see it when I believe it. Yeah. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I guess I'm kind of that way about Cleveland because yeah. it's been 20 years of doing absolutely nothing yeah. for the uh, Cleveland Browns. All right. I, I keep saying we're going to get to golf. Let's get to golf quick. Uh, Tiger Woods, awful. Um, <laughs> Rory McIlroy, awful. Yeah. Uh, about that, 78 and a 79 for those two guys. We'll get into David Duvall in a little bit because we're going to do balling and falling. Yeah. But, and that's going to be my book, falling. I don't know about you. Oh, that's my falling as well. You know, somebody else. It was so, I got no, it's fine. It's so bad because it's, it's no, falling. Um, and the, I, I told you Tiger wasn't going to play well. 
Yeah. I, I just had this. No, feeling. you called that. Uh, and it, he looks like he's, he even said after a drought, he's like, I'm sore. He's like, it's, I got to figure this out. It's going to always be like this. I got to turn around and play tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. And he's, uh, it, it, you could tell. You could tell at Beth Page Black he wasn't ready to go coming off the Masters. I think the most telling stat, and this is one that got lost on me, I don't know about everybody else, about Tiger, is he has now played 11 rounds, 11 competitive rounds since winning the Masters. Let me remind you, the Masters was in the second week of April. That's May, June, wow. July. Three months he's played 11, including today, competitive rounds of golf. That's hard to be successful. I don't care who you are. It's really hard to be successful when that's all you've played. And Tiger's managing that. He's trying to figure that out. Uh, And I think there was this hangover of the Masters. There was this, wow, I did this. I came back from this. And that's okay. Uh, But Tiger, I I didn't have a good feeling about. Really, a lot of people didn't. And uh, it looks like it's living out that way. Rory McIlroy was interesting. He made an eight on the first hole, tried to rally back. And then on 16, he he missed a two-foot putt. I think he three or four putted the hole, and it just it messed up his round. Yeah, uh, and eighteen messed up his round. So Phil, what are, what's Phil Mickelson, Mickelson doing? With his, five over. Oof. Uh, so, so much for all that starving and, yourself. And so for the people who say, "Where's Brooks Kepka?" And Kepka's right in the mix. He's three under par, so good first round yep. uh, for Brooks Kepka. A lot of people picked John Rahm to win this thing. He was five under after nine, finished three under on the day. J.B. Holmes in the lead, Shane Lowry in second, and uh, hey. Do you remember yesterday when you asked me who I was going to pick? Yeah. And I said, do you remember what I said? You probably don't. Well, you said there's a couple guys. You you went back and forth. I did. So yeah. I said Alex Noren yep. first. I was like, ah, I'm going with Ricky Fowler. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And so I wake up this morning, Alex Noren, three under par, in, like in third place. Well, that's yep. what he is. He's tied for third. Um, so a good start. Yeah. I ended up picking Ricky Fowler. Fowler where's, where's was Ricky uh, one at? under. One under, not bad. So that's fine. Um, Andrew Johnson's plus three. I mean, is he plus three? Yeah, it's all right. He, he's not like in Ricky Fowler territory. I'm not in Ricky Fowler, but he's not in Roy McIlroy territory. So Russell Knox, uh, JU golfer, of course, a local guy, uh, but uh, from Scotland, so he doesn't mind playing over there. One under par. He's tied for 20th, so he could be in the mix of this thing. A lot of golf to be played. Big story here is Mickelson, Rory, mm-hmm. Tiger. Not but, in the mix. It maybe not even make the cut. So when we talk about luck, though, yesterday with the World Series of Poker, where you have to be lucky to to win that tournament, obviously. How much does luck play into this golf tournament? Where one hour the wind's fine, the yeah. next hour all of a sudden the wind's blowing one direction, it's blowing another direction. I mean, you actually need a. I feel like a great deal of luck of when to go out there, so you have the perfect weather conditions. It's probably the most under talked about thing in major championship golf, but maybe golf in general, mm-hmm. is the draw that you get on Thursday and Friday because what happens is if you play in the morning on Thursday you play in the afternoon on Friday okay if you play in the afternoon on Thursday you play in the morning on Friday so there's guys may have a preference right may feel more comfortable say hey I like to play in the morning than afternoon because I can rest my body I'm sure the older guys like to say that some guys might be like hey I like going out in the afternoon on Thursday and getting that morning round and then sitting and getting ready for the weekend Mm -hmm. so preference but in this situation and in a lot on the tour the conditions do change. I mean, you're talking about a 10-hour span of playing golf. So in in the Open Championship, you do get the sporadic. I mean, Tiger Woods teed off, and it looked okay, and then it downpoured, and then it became, it was beautiful out on his third hole. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy, mm-hmm. but that's the way it goes. So I think your point is right, and it's not just in this golf tournament is okay. my point. Yeah. I think it's in general, and we don't really we don't really put a lot of stock into it. Yeah, but I think you know for those guys playing, 
an eight mile an hour wind versus a fifteen mile an hour wind is a big deal. No, for sure. Because they know how far they're hitting their golf ball to that degree. And and you know, and I guess uh, you can say I've I found a newfound respect for golfers at, at this level because. They're not playing the same conditions. You know, usually in, in every professional sport, you're playing the same conditions. You're right. But uh, especially this tournament, it seems like that is not the case whatsoever. Yeah, that's a really good point because even if you're playing tennis, you're playing one-on-one versus someone. Yeah. So you're both playing that. Yeah. Right? Even if it, now you might play different conditions than the other two guys have played earlier in the day. Yeah. But, but, but the opponent you're playing against is playing the same yeah. conditions. Yeah. So that's a good point as you bring yeah. that up. I mean, there's not too many sports like that. Uh, I can't even think of any yeah. off the top of my head. Uh, but golf is certainly one of those. We'll have a little ball in it falling, so we'll do more golf. We'll get to the David Duvall stuff, and it looks like Austin will, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we it's worth will. talking about. Yeah. Balling and falling coming up next on ESPN 690. Indeed it is. 48 hours away or so for Austin Lane. Fight night in Tallahassee in the cage against Cam Graham. We'll talk about that a little bit more coming up. Way in tomorrow. Taper all week. Taper all week. Party after. Party after. Tell nasty, I'm coming. That's, that's what the kids Do call it. like no alcohol the whole time in fight camp? Yeah, I mean, truth be told, I don't... Oh, you could, like, couldn't you? Oh, yeah, you definitely could. Like, we, we talked about Donald Cerrone a little bit. Um, You know, he, he's he been on record saying that he has a beer, you know, a couple weeks out before fight camp. It's fine. Uh, to me, like, if you remember, I had to go to a wedding uh, in Wisconsin yeah. uh, a couple weeks back, and uh, I didn't do anything. You know, I just uh, I was drinking water the whole time. Uh, to, to me, it's not so much about I'm worried about having a beer, especially being a heavyweight, I have to cut any weight. For me, it's just the fact that... I ask myself, so would having a beer, would, would having like a mixed drink help me win the fight or help me lose the fight? Um, and I always try to do things to help me win the fight. You know, so it's more mental than anything. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, honestly, like as far from the whole drinking thing, I don't necessarily really have a lot of casual beverages. Usually it's about celebrating or if I'm out with my friends. But if it's just me, I don't really drink a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So my, well, what I'm getting at is Sunday night is party or Sunday a party? I after don't the know, w? man. We'll see. Like I, I got my mom uh, coming there. Oh, she's coming in. Yep, my mom's flying in, so awesome. she'll be there. Uh, my wife will be there. My in-laws will be there. So I'm sure we'll probably get a little something. Truth be told, I'm just going to eat a lot. Uh, I foresee happening because like I, my last fight here in Jacksonville, you have to remember. So I fought like at 9:30, but we have to be there like around five. Um, to like, you know, to check in and everything, go over the rules. And you're only permitted to have two pieces of fruit and that's it. So you can't have like food in the locker room. All you can have is two pieces of fruit, huh. uh, or else like you'll get in trouble by the commission. So I, I, I usually go two bananas cause bananas are really calorie dense. Um, and you know, potassium is good for, for the cramping and everything like that. So I get two bananas, but by the time I'm done fighting, cause it'll be like around 10 o'clock and then I'll stay there till about 10, 30, 11. I'm starving. So hence why I went to Wawa that one time I told the story. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a lot of eating for sure. All right. Yeah. Good deal. Uh, remind me again, uh, we had mom on. Uh, does she go to a lot of the fights? Yeah, yeah. Mom uh, tries to make it a habit. I think she's only missed like one or two fights so okay. far in my entire career. And that's a, a career of like, you know. 14, 15 fights. Um, it's not like I, I tell her to come, you know, I mean, she, she wants to, she wants to show up, but I understand it's probably really nerve wracking for her. But like I always tell her, um, I'm not nervous when I go in the cage, so you shouldn't be there. Yeah. I think the interesting thing about what you do, uh, in the cage is the, there's a lot of times a long wait. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, um, I, I guess I could equate it a little bit, uh, although this isn't nearly as like top level, but, like, I swam a lot as a kid. Yeah. But, like, in a swim meet, there is no clock. 
Like you, you could you could say that the 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 race is going to start at twelve twenty three. Yeah. But there are a lot of them that Dude. start at like two thirty. It's, it's funny so, you say so this. So you have that like where it's like okay, it's scheduled to start at so and so. Well, yeah. it never starts when they say it's going. So there's this anticipation, mm-hmm. anticipation. There's like a clock in your head, like okay, okay, and then it puts put off and put off, and all that does is bring up the anxious moments. Maybe yeah. not for you, but probably for everybody watching no, you and getting so ready for the it's fight. It's funny you mentioned that because the only sport wherever I get like I would get super nervous, almost to the point of actually like throwing up. I'd be so nervous was track huh. um, because. I used to run the 100, the 200, the 4 by 2 I did the triple jump in high school. And that was so nerve-wracking because, like you said, it's kind of the unknown. There is a schedule, but if I'm doing triple jump, I have to time it out where I have to make my jumps, then go into the 200, and it's a stressful situation. So track always stressed me out for whatever reason because it's kind of like the unknown. That makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah you just build up the anxiety. I yeah. mean, whether you're good at handling the anxiety or yeah. not, mm-hmm. you still build. It's building. It is building, uh, yeah. So, uh, well, we'll talk a little bit more uh, about it as the show continues. Uh, Austin will be out tomorrow. He has to go to the weigh-in. Yeah. You know, I think what we're going to have, Marcel Robinson will stop by tomorrow. Uh, we had all different kind of plans going on for tomorrow with the Rolling Stones, and mm-hmm. uh, we're going to be with Vita de Louis in the parking lot, and then I was like, yeah, I'm a little concerned about there's supposed to be some rain tomorrow ah, afternoon, bummer. and so I'm a little concerned about that, so probably going to hang in studio, and former Bishop Kenny star and former Florida Gator offensive lineman Tyler Jordan uh, may join us on the show tomorrow. Tomorrow, I think, uh, kind of play co-host a little bit. Cool. Uh, he's back in town and had a couple of workouts with NFL teams this year. And now I think he's helping out at Bishop Kenny. So Tyler Jordan is going to stop by the show. Marcel Robinson will be here. We'll check in with Deshaun Reed uh, on ACC Media Days, who covers Florida State for The Athletic. And uh, my conversation with Calais Campbell from today, uh, I'll reveal a little bit more about that. As uh, so I spent a lot of time with Calais this afternoon down at Jags headquarters. So, uh, we got a lot going on tomorrow, uh, and I guess tomorrow we probably should play some Rolling Stones songs, even though Coos doesn't care. He's looking at me like, I don't really care what you do tomorrow. I'm not going to be here. Oh, that's right. Coos, you're going too, right? Yeah, I got to go to a wedding. What else is new? Is this uh, from your girlfriend's side or your girlfriend's side? Girlfriend's side okay. this time. This is what I always say. I mean, the secret to life, people, is to not have a lot of friends. <laughs> it's to not have a lot of enemies either. True. But it's to not have a lot of friends. True. Because it costs you a lot of money at Kuz's age yeah. for weddings. Yeah. And then they're going to have babies. Yep. And then eventually, at someday, they're all going to die around the same time. And you're yeah. going to go to a lot of funerals. Well, you know, as they say, keep your not friends close and your, your Gosh, enemies closer. Good. No, I'm not I at all. Friends. I thought no, you were talking my babies. goodness gracious. I was like, oh, man. You can really get yourself in yeah. trouble on the radio. Well, as you know, they say keep your friends close, your enemies closer, Brent. And I, and I got that from Grand Theft Auto Vice City back in the day. Remember that? How about a little balling and falling? What you got? Besides Grand Theft Auto Vice City? No problem. Uh, balling. Eight-year-old Beam Goyle uh, is battling an acute... An acute lymphatic leukemia um, disease, but that didn't stop him from living out his dream of making a save in the opening seconds of the Seattle Sounders game uh, for MLS. Check this audio out. This one go all the way back to the young man we all came to watch play today. What a moment for Dean Boyle. What a pass as well. Yeah, just this right out of the back. Makes a save. Good distribution. So basically what happened was, uh, you know, the Seattle Sounders got got a hold uh, of this kid who's a diehard fan, wanted to make him part of the game. And uh, to start the game out, they, they kind of kicked the ball to him a little bit, and then he kicked it back, uh, you know, in front of a crowd of, you know, 70,000, 80,000 screaming fans. So a really co- cool moment for Beam, and you could see him running off the field, giving high fives to all the players and everything. So a really cool special moment, um, you know, with, with, with soccer and just, uh, you know, basically just making a kid's day. You know, what's interesting is... Uh 
you know, I love those stories, yeah. right? I think ESPN yeah. right now is doing the My Wish stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're fantastic. The, the shows with the players, the heart the players have, um, the, the organizations to reach out to a lot of uh, these folks that have really battled and battled uh, sometimes deadly illnesses. Yeah. I thought it was different of that, and correct me if I'm wrong, at least the part that I saw, mm-hmm. and I really just glanced through it, like, that was actual time. Yeah, this was on the, this like, was the was opening of the, the game. game. This was the actual game. Yeah, like, yeah. They were, he was in the game. Yeah, exactly. So this was, this went down during the game. Um, yeah. You know, because, I mean, like, listen, they do some of the spring games, right, in, yeah. in college football. Yeah. And the kid, it's great scenes, right? The kid carries the ball, yeah. and everybody's down the field with him. But you wouldn't put him in on a Saturday afternoon for that. No, of you know, course. So that's what's in the soccer match here. He was in the real game. He was in the real game. And, you know, obviously the team that they play has to agree to this, too, which, I mean, I'm sure they had no problem doing. But, yeah, he was actually in the game. He is recorded as having a save. So I'm sure when you look at the record books for the, the Seattle Sounders uh, FC, you're, you're going to see, uh, you know, you're going to see Beam Goyle um, on that list now. So it's a pretty cool moment for him and his family. Uh, that's good stuff. Uh, you, you know, I went to – I should go to Chris Sale as having the uh, – uh, um, balling. Yeah, I'm going to a different Red Sox. Sorry, I'm I'm kind of getting like you now. Yeah, you're all good. Well, I was falling with Chris Sale the other day, but he actually yeah, got I his was first. Say, he got his make, first home rebound. Win. Yeah, he got his first home win since like last July. Yeah, today. Yeah, but the guy that nobody talks about mm-hmm. in Major League Baseball, I think, it, not, not Mike Trout, <laughs> Raphael Devers. Okay. He's a young third baseman for the Boston Red Sox, mm-hmm. and he's been phenomenal. Now, he strikes out a lot. He's made a lot of errors at third base in his first couple of seasons. But he has been absolutely tremendous, and he's just 22 years old. So keep your if you haven't heard of him, keep your eye on Rafael Devers. If you're a baseball fan, you know who he is. Mm-hmm. But he probably uh, – did he make the All-Star game? He might have made the All-Star game, or he should have made the All-Star game. I can't remember which one. He's got 49 home runs and 166 RBIs in his first couple of, well, now three years in the bigs. Jeez. For a young player. I mean, again, he's 22 years old. He came up yeah. as a 20-year-old guy, played in 58 games, played in 120 games last year, had 21 home runs. This year he's got 18 homers, 70 ribbies in just 93 games. About so to make pacing. some of that bank, man, it yeah. sounds like to me. So keep an eye. It's uh, Sometimes there's a lot of stars right now in Major League Baseball. Yeah. The Red Sox are not playing well. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're going far. But this kid's a good player, a yeah. very good hitter. Yeah, uh, I think he'll become a better fielder. A lot of the other things will come along as as he gets a little older and more experienced. But the guy can flat out hit and uh, hits for power too. So and he's on an absolute tier. I think he's got like seven home runs and twenty five RBIs in like the last week. So uh, Rafael Devers, remember the name, name for the keep Boston uh, Red Sox. And uh, you know there might be a guy doing this for the Yankees too. I just don't pay attention to the yeah. Yankees. Well, I'll tell you what, it wasn't the guy that I called to... And it wouldn't be balling. Well, it wasn't Aaron Hicks that I called to be the leadoff man of the the year. Yeah, it certainly wasn't that. not him. What you got Um, from Fallen? Well, Fallen, I mean, we can can both go David Duvall for different reasons. We can do this segment. Yeah, so do do you want to do different reasons for David Duvall? Because there's really two of them, in my opinion. So I'll just pick one here. Uh, David Duvall is falling uh, for a lot of reasons. The main one to me is that he acquired a two-stroke penalty where he proceeded to hit the wrong ball. Um, so apparently the guy that he was in his group with, uh, didn't read the, the logo on the ball and hit the wrong ball by accident. That's a two stroke penalty and ended that hole. And, uh, let me just make sure I got this right here with a 13. Well, that's on a par five. That's where the story is fascinating. Yeah. He actually got a 13 
Mm-hmm. No, he, he thought it was a 15. Yep. Then got a 13. They've since changed it to a 14. Oh, okay. He had three different scores on Does the Does it make a difference? No, because he shot a 91. Yeah, yeah. He's not winning this thing. How about this? He was two Man. on. He, David Duvall's playing because he, he, as an open champion, yeah. you can go back and play. Yeah. And he's really been in the broadcast booth. He doesn't play a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's a threat to win. Mm-hmm. A Jacksonville guy, David Duvall. Yep. And obviously one of the world's best at one time. For but a while. The 2001 open champ. Well, he's got off to a great start. He's two under after four holes. Yeah. So think about this. He was two under after four holes. Looking good. And he shot a 91. He got a four, he got an eight on the par five fifth, uh, par four fifth. Yeah. And then a 14 on the seventh hole. Which is a and par five. You know what's cool? He actually handled it really well, everything, uh, a- after that. Um, which was cool. Here's how the story went on that hole. Duvall had to go back to the tee at the par five seventh because he, played the wrong ball in as, yeah. as you're falling. So here's yeah. the rest of the story. Yeah, hit me with His it. first tee shot was lost. Penalty. Second tee shot, lost. Penalty. Third tee shot, lost. Penalty. Two-stroke penalty for playing the wrong ball. So he teed off again for a fourth time and took six strokes to finish the hole from there, adding up to a 14, which is also called apparently a Nanupo bogey. Oh, there is a name for it. A Nanupo bogey, if I'm even saying that right. I've never heard of a Nanupo bogey until today, but that's apparently (laughs) like... We're just making up words now. That's a, uh, like a a nine. Yeah, sure. It means nine. Yeah. So nine over. Nanupo. Yeah, it's it's probably going to be in jeopardy one day, so remember that word. He called it a god-awful nightmare and shot a 91. So if you really do the math, that's 20 over. He was two under after four, so on the final fourteen holes, he went twenty-two over par. Those are those are Austin Lane to Justin Kuzar numbers, they right really there. They really are. Those are. <laughs> but I doubt. Well, no. Don't bring me down to him. Yeah, yeah. I would do way worse than that. Oh, okay, okay, I got you. But I, I doubt anybody. You're to say you're better than him. But I doubt anybody called a rules official in for his ninety-one, like we called one in for your one twenty-one versus a one twenty-four. Well, I'll tell you what. Say what you want, though. I was hitting my own ball and not somebody else's, so I had that going for me. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. You, you got in the way of my ball. <laughs> We're taking a break. Take a break. <laughs> Uh, when we come back, let's regroup. Hey, where are you UCF fans? How about a little UCF talk? Okay. Interesting, I Brent. I called UCF. I, I've said it many times. I love what Danny White has done. I mm. love the whole national championship talk. I, obviously, that's settled down with their loss and the, the big QB injury uh, with Milton. But I do think they were the story of college football the last two years. Can Whether you story, loved them or hated them, that's yeah. right. They were the most talked about thing. They, I didn't say they were the best team in college football. Nope. I just said they were the most talked about thing. And will the story continue? We go there next. UCF football on ESPN 690. What you got on the magic whiteboard? I've been oh. leaving the whiteboard out too much lately. It's all good, man. You can check it out on Twitter, ah. Twitch, Periscope, or Facebook, or YouTube. New Top Gun trailer. Yes, please. They just dropped it. You just I, I just watch watched it? it. Yeah, looks good. Looks real good. Tom Cruise is back better than ever. I'm going to say this, though, Brent. If Post Malone or Lil Nas X does the remix to Danger Zone, I'm going to cry and not go see the movie. You know what I'm talking about? Danger yeah. Zone, Kenny Loggins is you know, an epic I song. Just, I just and heard that the other day. I, I just see, like, 
I can see Post Malone I was remixing working out that. And they were playing a little Danger Zone. That's what it was. <laughs> if Post Malone gets in there, I was a little humble brag there. I was working out. Yeah, no, uh, we, we all got it. I yeah. mean, it's, it's showing dividends. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, but yeah, post As I Malone, just got a Diet Coke. <laughs> I was going to say, what's up, man? I, right? I just kind of felt like I, I couldn't get coffee today because I got a little late <gasps> from Jag. So what I was are we like, doing here? We got a Diet Coke. And uh, some crackers. I was like, peanut butter crackers? Yeah, Thank you, a, this is not really good. You know, when you go to the vending machine, you can't really get anything that's really good for you. Hey, almonds were there. I, I know that for a fact. You got some almonds. I could have. Yeah. So, so don't make it sound like it's not your, it's the betting machine's fault. Yeah, it's, it's your point. fault. Yeah. No, I, I got you. I called you out. Fair enough. Yep. Speaking Friends of Friends going to the danger zone. So, you can play this the whole way. <laughs> because. The entire show. How about Coos? So, Coos is like looking. Like, now, it, honest, he was looking for, he used the word, uh, the wrong name. But he was yeah. looking for someone different. Yeah. But when we go to break, we you say about the Top Gun trailer. It's out. Got to check it out. And you're like, so he says, who's playing uh, Maverick. Maverick? Yeah. Which, in my case, <laughs> my, my, you, you might as well just said the worst thing ever about my family because I was so insulted when you said that, Coos. <laughs> I don't know. Tom Cruise, you ever heard of him? Even, even I knew that. Yeah. I know. I was I was thinking of John Hamm, who I'm still not 100% positive why he's involved. But he the reason I knew about the trailer was because he was commenting about it last night. So according to the trailer that I saw, John Hamm's wearing a pair of aviator glasses. So I'm not sure if he's like the new rival. Okay. I, I probably assume he is. So. Okay. But answer this question then. What do do we know? Because yeah. Goose died. Yep. And I don't even me, I don't know actors. Me names. and Goose are just talking about was this. Goose, Goose is, was in uh, the 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 med, the hospital show. Right? Ooh. That used to run on... Uh, Grey's Anatomy? No. No. ER? I don't know. ER? ER? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, like, that was big, like, Thursday night show. Yeah, I mean, I didn't but watch wasn't, it. Wasn't he on that? You're asking the wrong dude there. I couldn't tell you, Brent. I'm pretty sure he was. Okay. But either way, what's Goose's... What was Goose's name? Do you remember? The you actor? Know? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I don't remember. We can you look know? it up real Anthony quick. Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards. Okay. I'm, I'm like awful. I, I might be worse at actors and yeah. actresses than I am at movies, and that's I'm music, and that's saying a lot. <laughs> it, it assumes though that, and this is this is a trailer, so it's hard to tell. But I think the role of uh, Maverick's wingman might be played by a wing woman this time. Oh. You know. Well, something's happening so, in the jet. It's 2019. <laughs> <laughs> you, you immediately got to take it there. You immediately got to take it there. I was trying to get on a good speech for women being empowered and featuring in Top Gun now, and you got to take it to the jet. Well, that's uh, fine. Sorry, I was thinking no, of like, it's the, all good. the scene in Top Gun. No, no, it's all good. <laughs> as long as Tom Cruise is still there, though, it's all good. Like, I don't need a all w- women's cast of Top Gun remake, so good. It's all good right, Tom Top Cruise Gun's there. coming out, and, but not till like 2020. Yeah, we're gonna be waiting a little bit. And you we? said uh, you said a tra- like the trailer. My question of this: Are there any trailers that are bad? Yes, Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. Did you just see Sonic the Hedgehog trailer? No, because you know what I'm it talking was about. So bad, dude. It was so you bad. And Jim Carrey's in that one. I feel like now oh. I just had like this either bad case of deja vu, or yeah. I feel like I may have asked you that question before. No, there's no way Sonic the Hedgehog's been brought up. I think in this. No, because when when I heard you talk came, about that when though. Lion King came out. I might have said the same thing. Is there a bad trailer? I don't think so. When the trailer came out. Because didn't the trailer come out like for Lion King around like Super Bowl time? Uh, a little after that. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the trailer for Lion King for sure. But I don't and think I we ever like touched on Sonic the Hedgehog. Maybe, maybe we did. But um, yeah, the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer was absolutely horrid. Okay. Bad. Like, why would you even watch that to begin with, the Sonic the Hedgehog? Oh, Brent, you had a childhood. You played Sonic, right, or I, not? Yeah. yeah. I, 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 a little Come bit. On. I wasn't like... 
Okay, well, I was. Locked in. <laughs> I was locked in. But so it was so bad that they actually, the company, because they announced the, the release date, they took the release date off the table, and now they're doing, like, reshoots for everything. Oh, wow. Because of, like, the, the really? bad publicity they got. It was that bad? It was that bad. So I didn't even know that was relatively new. I thought yeah. you were talking, like, years ago. Oh, no, this is supposed to come out, I think, next year, but now it's going to be a little delayed, I think. All right, so how about this? Uh, how many movies get made from video games? There are a lot of movies that become video games, I think. Maybe, I don't know about a lot, but I think you, there are more of that. But how many start as video games, like Sonic? Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, Detective Pikachu was the one that just came out recently. That that was a video be, game, then a movie? Probably Rampage as well. Rampage. I'm going to be honest, and that's a great question here. I can't think of a lot of movies that Mortal start off as Kombat? Yeah, but start off as video games that became movies that were actually good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You there's know, no. Like, there's nothing like great. Mortal Kombat as a kid. Okay, it was cool. Tomb Raider. It, was that a movie first? No, that was a video game first. Okay. But like, if you go back and watch Mortal Kombat now, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm all set. Mm -hmm. Is so there a that's, movie that's a good like point. Donkey Kong? There's no Donkey Kong. There's oh, there's King like Kong. cartoons. Yeah. I guess some of like them get movie. made in a cartoon. Street Fighter. You ever seen Street Fighter with Sean Claude Van Damme? No. You want to talk about the biggest pile of trash? Oh, I was ever. gonna say the best movie ever. <laughs> easy, easy. I remember being a kid thinking it was the coolest thing ever. Watched it a year ago, and I'm like, man, if I could go back in time and just tell myself not to waste my time with that movie because it was horrible. So what about the other way around? Is there a lot of uh, movies I feel that like there are movies games. that become video games? And maybe, I, maybe not. I just thought there. Would it be wrong? I mean, I guess you could say Harry Potter because it was a book, movie, then uh, they made video yeah. games off of it. Um, I bet there's more of those. Transformers, uh, what became a video game. I mean, wasn't um, there even, like, did Karate Kid become, like, a Power a Rangers? Ah, uh, Karate Kid, I don't think did. No? Friday 13th. I remember I played Friday 13th on Nintendo, and I played it once, and that was it because it was so scary. So, so anyway, it's more popular. Okay. I think it's more popular to have a movie become a video game than it is for a video game to become a movie. True, but you got to remember, a lot of it comes from comic books now, though, too. I mean, comic books is like the big thing, right? And that's like where all the money's at. So, Did I see Comic-Con is in San Diego? Yeah, I was going to ask if we could go shoot for that, but I'm going to be for my fight. It's it's going on right now. I couldn't think of something I would have less interest in. Dude, Comic-Con's great. It's because it's San everything. Diego's great. No, San Diego's great, but... And, and I, I get it, man. Like, you're, you know... You're, and that's fine. You're, your days of comic books are over, and yeah. your days of video games are over. But, like, I guarantee, Brent, if you went to Comic-Con, you would see somebody dressed up from, like, something from your age. Or, like, you would see, like, a, you know, like a little... Some merch tent that had stuff from your age, and, like, you'd be all excited again to see it. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, you, I, I guarantee you would. All right. Yeah. Uh, UCF. <laughs> <laughs> Segway nice. Gosh. Kathy, uh, I hope she's not judging me today. It's, I, it's Tom Cruise's I, fault. I, I mean, like, when I tease something, I mean it's coming two segments later. And uh, UCF talk is coming. Hey, nobody else is talking about UCF in town. Probably talking about the Gators again. No one's talking so Tom Cruise either, UCF I think. Coming up next on ESPN 690. Hey, we are back. On a Thursday, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. <laughs> you went and got them the almonds. What's up, man? Yeah, man, I, I had the craving for some almonds, so I decided to get some almonds. It's a good th good thing uh, for you say almonds, I almonds. say almonds. Yeah. But it's a good thing I didn't lie to you and say they were out of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have lost my mind. They also have pistachios over there, too, Brent. You know what? For healthy snack. I went to uh, Costco yesterday. Yep. Look, I actually bought myself some new uh, headphones. Because these oh, are what'd crapping you get? Oh, out. Those? Wait, no, so, these are the old ones. Okay, what'd you get? Uh, I got some. I have no idea about headphones either, but I spent a lot of money on them. Sony's. Uh, Sony's. Yeah. 
they'll probably get stolen. Do you want me to make you upset real quick? Yeah. How much? I mean, you don't have to tell us on on live tell uh, live air, but those were on Amazon Prime Day for seventy bucks. Uh, I looked on Amazon. I don't think it was the exact kind. Oh, not, not the exact kind. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. Never mind then. But why aren't you using them then? And by the way, they are definitely not the same kind. Okay. I'm gonna not look on Amazon Prime now and double check. <laughs> okay, I got you. Because they were more than seventy. Okay. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't played. I think I need to put like a battery in them and stuff. I haven't done any of that stuff. I'm surprised you haven't done but that. I feel mm-hmm. a little. Uh, now that I got the new headphones, I'm ready for football season. Maybe that's why I'm all jacked up. New pair of headphones can change the world. I like man. spending money sometimes. Yeah, like, yeah. Sometimes it feels good to spend money. So those lasted, what, a year? No. Not even? I had these for a while. Okay. And I still do. They're like shedding, though. Yeah. And there's oh, a, the yeah. wire is shorting. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? It's time. It's time. Treat yourself. I respect I it. I mean, ratings are through the roof on ESPN Treat 690. Yourself, man. Yeah. We are going to last more than six months. Yeah. We have. We'll be, we'll be rocking Louis Vuitton headphones pretty soon <laughs> yeah, when it's all said and done, right. man. Yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, Marcel Robinson says, Super Mario Brothers has a movie. Wasn't very good. No, it was disappointing as well. Very underwhelming movie. Yeah. yeah. All right. I am going to talk about UCF. Here <laughs> we go. You. you know, I have said this before. We got to get Danny White on the show because I don't know how much I can profess my love for the guy uh, and not get him on the show. I think he's a genius about these last couple of years. And uh, Yahoo has an article out about UCF. And here's the quote. From Danny White, the athletic director. We're going to build a monster in Orlando at UCF, and we're going to be a major player in college football. He goes on to say, whatever college football looks like. That's an important part of it. And let me say this. I am on that train with Danny White. Mm -hmm. I think they can be about as relevant as possible, and they have been. I just said before the break, and I've said multiple times on this show this year, UCF was the story of college football the last two years polarizing yes not the football team but the story and they had a very good football team to boot they had good coaches to go along with it from scott frost to josh heupel they had a very good quarterback in mckenzie milton until he had that devastating injury but ucf was about as big a player as we've seen outside the power five in a while now boise state had that for quite some time and we kind of got used to it and then i feel like boise state went away There's a huge difference between Boise State and UCF. Houston has had a little bit of a run at times. But UCF is in Orlando, Florida. It is in the hotbed of recruiting. It is right in the mix. And they talk about it in this article. Mm -hmm. And, again, you can check it out on Yahoo.com. But some of the quotes from Hypo are, like, the, the recruits that we get on recruiting days or not even big recruiting days shows us what we've done in football, mm-hmm. you know, what we've already accomplished. They've invested into their stadium. Uh, I haven't been down there to see much, so I can't really speak firsthand, but I think they're good investments. Yeah. The, you know, they've done like similar like the pool deck type of thing mm-hmm. uh, down there in Orlando. They have a huge talent base. They will try to play some of the big boys. They're going to win a lot of football games. They play a fun style of offense. I, I will. I've also said this, and I believe this. If they can get themselves into a Power Five conference in however many years that will be, I think they have a chance to not only eclipse like Miami in the state of Florida, but to actually catch Florida and Florida State. 
I think UCF could do it. It sounds crazy. I know a lot of people don't think it could happen, but I think they can. Now, to get there, I believe they do have to get into that Power Five. I don't know if I agree with that last part of what Danny White says, whatever college football looks like. If college football looks like this in 10 years, I think it's very hard for UCF to to get in the conversations of the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the Floridas, the SEC teams, ACC teams. It's really difficult to do. Now, if we go to an 18 playoff and they invite people outside the top power five, well, then you can talk about it. But I am such a big believer in UCF. I have no ties there. None at all. I just I really feel like they've done a lot of good things. If you go back and look at how they built this in football years ago, really going way back in their school in general, just to get students in and start building funds and dollars and how many kids now go there Mm -hmm. and where they're located and the growth of this state, and the growth of this state in recruiting, uh, which has always been a hotbed, but it's even more so than it's ever been. Man, I I just feel like they can be a player in all this. They need a little bit of help, but they're going to be around. They're not going anywhere. So the only ties I have to UCF football are the fact <laughs> that day? I went to college game day. Yeah, and was told that I probably shouldn't drink a beer during it, which is crazy to me. But with all those things put aside, I absolutely agree with you, Brent. Um, if you look at Orlando, and I found this to be a fun fact. Did you know that Orlando is the largest city in the country that doesn't have an NFL team? Fun fact for I you. I believe there. that. Yeah. No, but I, mean, I mean, that uh, would be hard to believe. I, yeah, I guess I didn't think Orlando was, you know, that much bigger than even like Jacksonville. Because it's bigger than Jacksonville. Yeah, it's like, you know? well, see, I always relate it to TV markets. Sure. And yeah. it's a top 15, top 20 TV yeah. market. I think it's top 20 TV yeah. market. Um, you know, and, and I think with what you watched like last year with, with Josh Hipple, what he did, I mean, went 12 and went 12 and 0 last year. You know, and that's when Scott Frost leaves for Nebraska. And I think a lot of people thought that Scott Frost was the reason for the turnaround, which you can give it to him. And granted, I think what they had last year was a lot more Scott Frost guys. But um, they they still had Milton for the most part. But the the next coming years are going to be telling of just how much they can sustain. And you look at the schedule this year. And I get it. You know, the, the, the arguments for the past two years is the fact that they didn't really play anybody, right, until they got to the bowl game. And don't make any mistake about it. They played LSU last year and lost to them by eight. And that was with, you know, losing their, their, their star quarterback. So, and um, Mackenzie Milton. So you look at this year, I mean, playing, you know, they're playing Stanford at Orlando. Or is it a neutral spot or is that at Orlando? I didn't see where that one is. Okay, I'm sorry. But they, so they're playing, oh, yeah. they're playing Stanford the third game of the season. Um, and then they're also playing Pitt. And I get, you know, Pitt's not really the household name, but Pitt's a team last year that went to the ACC championship game. You know, so I do like them taking more steps, taking more risks, quote unquote. Um, I'm trying to, you know, put themselves on the map and playing stronger opponents because that's what matters. And you, you have an American Conference too, where Houston for the past couple of years has been an intriguing team. You know, set aside from just from Ed Oliver, but they've been a, a really successful offense. And then also, too, you have to remember Memphis as well. And they don't play Memphis the regular season, but they more than likely are going to see them in the championship game as well if it's not going to be Houston. So there is some budding talent in the American Conference. You are playing Stanford this year. You are playing Pittsburgh this year. So with all things considered, um, if you're to run the table to that championship game, I mean, I think it's no mistake about it that people will take you seriously then. Well, yeah, and that Stanford game is September 14th and at home. Uh, so the there afternoon. you go. So, I mean, they yeah. got Stanford to come there, which is pretty cool. So, uh, you know, I, all the schedules, to all that kind of stuff, I I agree with. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, I just think they have, 
I'm not even just talking about this year. I don't listen. I don't know if they're going to go undefeated again this year. They had a big injury with their quarterback. Oh well, yeah, they're missing the quarterback right now. So uh, Mac uh, had a broken ankle. So what are they going to do? Mac Junior. Yeah, he might not be out for the year. But I mean, that's back-to-back injuries now. Milton and Mac, and Mac looked the part at times. You know, who, yeah. what, would he, what could Hypel develop him into as yeah. the guy this year? Um, who knows? I'm talking about long term. And I'm talking about immediate, I guess, but like kind of the short term. But I'm not talking about just this year. They might bop down to reality to a degree this year. Maybe they don't beat Stanford, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if they get Stanford and Pittsburgh, the point is they're building a big talent base. Mm-hmm. They're starting to play the recruiting game with the bigger names in the sport. Now, they are not going to get the volume of five stars. They might not even get any. They might not get the volume of four stars. They might only get a few if one or two. What I think they have a chance to do is get a lot of those three stars. And what three stars do is three stars develop sometimes into into misprojections that really could be four and five stars. Mm-hmm. And that's where they have a chance. they got to get a lot of those three stars, and maybe some of them are two, and they got to coach them up and develop them and get some steals like anything else. But they're in the game. They're sneaking in the game. They're not in the exact game the Power Five's playing. Yeah. But they're on their way. I couldn't agree more. Ah, uh, yeah, Dave just said Winbush kid from Notre Dame transferred in. Yeah, yeah. So, so well, but again, I'm not talking this year even. But yeah, they got a chance. Exactly, and especially in the state of Florida with recruiting. I mean, they can start pulling some kids from Jacksonville from the surrounding uh, from the surrounding areas. It's a great recruiting. Might area, have something special. The base is unbelievable. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm waving the UCF flag. I might need to get one in here. Okay, or else I can just bring my college game day sign in here. We'll play that. Yeah. yeah, bring it in. Go Knights. <laughs> Five o'clock hour on the way. Talk some Jags next. About in the break uh, and thinking about it a little bit more. I mean, you know, with Mac out at UCF and Wimbush in from Notre Dame, and you know, Wimbush is just okay, but that's Notre Dame. I mean, it, maybe that's that offense. Maybe it's whatever. Maybe change of scenery. He was okay in spots. Huh? Listen, it's a, it's not a bad option to have. Let's just say that. Um, so be fun. I, again, my conversation about UCF was less about this year. It's more in general and. Uh, I, I I want to spend more time on UCF on the show in general. I I, yeah. I don't I think there's a lot of Jacksonville recruiting that goes on. I mean, Otis Anderson is playing in their backfield; he's a good player for them, and he's not alone. There's a there's a bunch of kids from Jacksonville, but I also think they start. First of all, I think there's a bunch of UCF alums in the area. I, I don't know how many. I have no idea, uh, but. I think few people want to admit that they were the story in college football the last two years. People don't want to go that far with them. And uh, they were. And I uh, continue to just think Danny White's part genius in all of this. And the other thing about Danny White I find interesting is it doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows with ADs. But if I was some other school, I'd be trying to get Danny White soon. Uh, if you look, at, a lot of their sports are doing well. I mean, look what the basketball team just did. Yeah. Look what they've done facility-wise over the years. Uh, and not not all Danny White, but uh, I think uh, he's a really good AD. And uh, I find him one of the – he's one of the – you don't usually know AD's names. True. They just don't roll off the tongue. You know, you know head coaches, you know players. Him, I'm not sure I can even name another AD. I mean, listen, you know, Florida's and Florida State's and yeah. local. But I'm just saying across the board, you, you don't usually know him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just feel like he's made a name for himself. We'll see if they can keep him there. And, and it feels like he wants to stay there to build something. 
Wants which to see is it cool. Through. You know, yeah. uh, I think uh, I think it's pretty neat. So uh, more UCF talk as the football season gets closer and go Knights. Wave the flag. You do have to bring in the game day thing. That might be cool. I don't know where we're going to put it, though. Uh, we got to clean this place up a little bit. We do. I'm a mess. We do. Uh, well, so, you're a mess. You don't have anything in here, though, man. I really don't, but I, it's it feels messy. Like, I feel okay. cluttered. Okay. Uh, so What's well, mostly for my stuff, but I'll, I'll be sure to clean that up for you. It really isn't. I got me and you, or you and me, <laughs> hanging over me right now, yeah. behind me, yeah. uh, in cutout fashion. Yeah. And I uh, just feel like there's a lot of stuff around, even that people can't see. Um, there is a little Vita de Louis. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a happy hour or anything coming up too pretty it soon. It is. You yeah. thought I was going to forget. I thought you were going to forget, I was man. not going to forget. Sorry, dude. I was trying to have your back. All right, but okay. I appreciate it. Nice You're work. You're welcome. Here it is. <laughs> Grab a drink, get a shot, sip your star tenders, grab a baritone saxophone, play the chords G A C D E F, and then continue to go F D C A G, and you will play paint it, paint it black by the Rolling Stones. Very good. Yeah, I think that's how you. I am not going to try it, but send in your <laughs> uh, resumes. Yeah, let's hear it. What would that call be called? Uh, auditions. Auditions. Yes. Send it in. Yeah. Um, Call us, Star Star 690, and play it on the baritone sax if you have that handy. <laughs> Not going to lie, Brad. They're, they're giving those things away, man. There's a reason why I don't have one right now. They're like 5000 bucks. Are they that expensive? They're pricey. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, locally owned, what do you do, rent it? In- oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you yeah, obviously did, but yeah. was it an expensive rental? Well, so the, the school actually rented it for us. Oh, they did? That's yeah, nice. So I don't have to rent it. Uh, but truth be told, if I ever, like, dented it or anything, like, hell, there was going to be hell to pay. Yeah. So I had to take good care of that, like with my own child. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, you do have to do that with instruments. Yes, instruments are expensive. Yes, you do. Uh, locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville, made in tequila, Mexico, shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita de Luis tequila, one of the smoothest tequilas you will ever taste. For locations, recipes, and merchandise, visit com. Recently got a 94 rating. The guys will be having some fun out there at the Rolling Stones concert tomorrow. Go check them out in Lot J. I think that's where Vita de Luis uh, gates open around, uh, or parking lots open around four o'clock so uh those guys will be out there having some fun and uh we may even check in with them tomorrow on the show to get kind of the scene awesome uh, what's happening there everybody getting excited again just to uh reiterate top of the show we're talking a little bit about the rolling stones and i you're probably like yeah we know they're big brett we get it like (laughs) i mean spoiler alert but what the reason what hit me a little bit today was yeah it's been 30 years since they were in jacksonville uh, this is a rescheduled show because of Mick Jagger's health issues that he had earlier in the summer. Uh, but you could feel the buzz down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was down in Jags headquarters for about three hours today, and you could just feel it. I, it it's kind of a Jags event, so the employees have the the logo on hats and shirts. And uh, I, I said it earlier, it kind of feels like it's a one day or two day Florida Georgia down there. Yeah. I mean, you got there's news cameras all over the place. Uh, heck, there's, I think, choppers flying around trying to get some aerial shots of, of what things might look like. And one of those shows, to put one of those shows on, you know would be a fascinating conversation? What's up? Is like... Uh, Keith Richards, just get him on the show? Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> yeah. um, no, like, what would you call it? I, I don't want to say, I don't want to uh, uh, degrade anybody's position, but maybe this is what you call it, a stagehand. 
Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, no, like a know. roadie. Like I a, guess yeah, a roadie. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a better way. That's a cooler mm-hmm. way to say it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the guys that build that. Yeah. And and the women that build that those sets. But they try. I mean, that is a huge, huge. You should have seen all the trucks and all the things coming out for what essentially is. A three-hour show. Yeah. I mean, they're really pulling those stops, it sounds like. I mean, look, you play an NFL game. There's a lot that goes on. There's a lot of people, but it's mm-hmm. kind of all in place. Yeah. You know? Eight, yeah. Eight times out of the year. Yeah. And this it makes thing you wonder, is all like, over the place. It makes you wonder, like, how much rehearsing they even do, you know? Because, like, I feel like you got to be, like, on your cues for different things that go off and everything, but I don't feel like the Rolling Stones are the type of guys that would, like, rehearse for an hour and a half to get everything ready. Well, they've know. been doing it for like four decades. That's a good point. I'm not sure they need to rehearse yeah. very much anymore. Yeah. But they probably do. But uh, it, and it's funny, speaking of, uh, you know, four decades, so, so some more Rolling Stones facts that, that I've more. come across. Yeah. So Keith Richards, uh, I guess when he was in his 30s, said that he'd rather be dead than sing Satisfaction when he's 45. Well, he's 75 and he's still singing the song <laughs> Satisfaction. He missed that one. Yep. And then, and like, listen, this is more Keith Richards facts than anything because he's Keith Richards. But he's also been reported, and this was, uh, this was in his autobiography, uh, called Life, uh, that he actually went nine days without sleep and finally ended that streak when he fell asleep standing up. Really? When he was trying to put away his cassette, uh, I guess. So nine days without sleeping, Brent. Could you do that with your Starbucks <laughs> coffee? I don't think I could do it. I feel like you just like eventually just go mad. I, uh, you know, I think even probably 10 years ago, mm-hmm. like I, I'm not a sleep guy. I mean, there's a oh, lot. Of t- I can I'm go, aware. I can go a long time on like four hours, five hours. Like five hours is usually my goal. Mm-hmm. Anything under five, especially now, under five hours, I'll feel it. If yeah. I do like four hours and then four hours back to back, I'll feel it. Okay. Uh, but like 10 years ago, I wouldn't feel it. Yeah. I mean, I could sleep three hours and then four hours and five hours, and it would be fine. But but that's still a nap now. You're talking about staying awake for nine days? I don't think I could do it. Oof. Goose? You see what they're letting you do, by the way? You can vote for songs that you want them to play while they're here. Is, so they're is it, taking requests? Yes, and... The Rolling Stones are taking requests? On our Facebook page, which is even better. Really? Like, on our page right now, you can go there. It's like you can request a song. Wow. It's like they're doing it as a content. Yes, on our Facebook, Facebook page. Facebook yeah. page. Well, there you go. Wow. It's up and running. Cool. Took me a while, but it's here. <laughs> <laughs> so, and they'll actually play the requests. I mean, it, it seems like it's a contest, so... Well, I think they're going to pick one. Is that the way it sounds? Vote for which song you want to hear, and Rolling Stones will play it for a chance to win tickets to the final show in Miami. Wow. Okay. Pretty on cool. Top of that. All right. Uh, once again, we'll have some more Rolling Stones show uh, songs and, and uh, chatter yeah. a little bit tomorrow. It's a big deal in Jacksonville. You know what? It's a big deal. A week from today, Jacksonville Jaguars get going. Uh, spend some time with Calais Campbell. We'll share that interview tomorrow. Uh, and part of the news today, at least on the TV side, CBS 47 and Fox 30 agrees uh, to a four-year extension with the Jaguars as the official TV partner. Uh, our Jaguars All Access show will move from Monday to Thursday. Calais Campbell, the star of that show. Sorry, Jeff Lagerman. Uh, and for the third year, he'll be helping us co-host that show from Mellow Mushroom. So make that note. Uh, we'll actually start the show a week from today, uh, and we'll do two shows at the beginning of camp. One next Thursday, and then the next Thursday after that. Next Thursday is going to be from the stadium, and then we'll do one from Mellow Mushroom. The first couple without uh, Calais because training camp duties, sure. uh, meetings, and all those things. But, it's but a, then we'll pick it up in September. And it's super cool that you guys got Calais to do that again. I mean, because and listen, I don't know how like every NFL team's shows work, but from the ones that I grew up with, like with Chicago or in Green Bay, um, 
you don't get like the, the biggest names usually on those shows yeah. like, that host them, you know. But I mean, Clay's Campbell, one could argue, is probably the best player on the Jacksonville Jaguars right now, next to set aside from Joe and Ramsey. So the fact that you know he's he's into doing it, and you guys got him again, is is, is huge. That's great news. Yeah, I, I think. Uh it, it's. I wondered at the end of last year if he'd want to do it again. Yeah. He'd done two years of it. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. But he actually he told me today too. He said there's something he wants to do. He wants to get into. And you know, he, his wife's from California, mm-hmm. so maybe it's an NFL Network type of thing down the road. He's already laid some pretty good roots with his foundation and other efforts here yeah, in Jacksonville. Yeah. And of course, he has uh, some connections in Arizona, and he's originally from Colorado. So he's going to do a lot of different things. But he's he's good at it. He's engaging. Um, he's open, and I think you know you bring up how good he is. Can he do that again? Yeah, is a big question for this defense because I did ask him a question today, and you'll hear it tomorrow. I'm not saying I stumped him, but it's almost like it hits you when you say it out loud. You don't have to to Sean Gibson, Barry Church, guy that left pretty much halfway through last year, mm-hmm. Telvin Smith, as of now not playing. Malik Jackson, not there. Yet we're talking about this defense. A guy like Daniel Jeremiah, I think there's high on the Jags, and he's high on the Jags defense, but even high on the Jags overall. It's it comes with ifs and question marks, though. You know, mm-hmm. this, this is a def- And by the way, a lot of people would take seven out of eleven positions being. I mean, unbelievable. It's the story for every NFL defense and offense, though, Brent. Yeah. Like, they're never going to be the same. And that's you know, what his quote was. Guys. He yeah. said the guarantee in the NFL is change. Yeah. Uh, but he has a lot of confidence. And he mentioned Quincy Williams. Yep. And he said, we'll see when he gets the pads on. But uh, you'll hear that conversation a little bit more tomorrow. But it also spun back to kind of his excitement for the game. Sure. And I think that's fascinating because no matter what you do, if you like to do it, it's hard to keep the passion and energy at the same way you did it when you were a rookie. Mm-hmm. Calais Campbell seems like the guy who's been able to do that. Yeah. But he feels like he walks through that door, man, and that big smile is there. He, he puts that code in the gate, yeah. and that smile is there, and he's ready to go to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to put a camera outside this place or your place of work or wherever and see how many people are grinning ear to ear? Oh, I have to deal with Kuz again today? <laughs> yeah, I know, man. It's rough sometimes. I mean, it's fun for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... and, and Another thing about that, he's going to get, like, in a car accident 55 times on the football field. I know. <laughs> he's going to but, play a violent game. But, but, but he embraces it, man. He loves it. And we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Some people play it for a business side. Yep. And they just bring their lunch pail and go to work. It's different reasons. Some people play for the business side, but also the sh- joy and just sheer passion. Yeah. And uh, Calais Campbell is one of those. Stay in your lane and a little Miami Hurricanes talk. We'll hear from a local hurricane who might be one of the most important hurricanes down in South Florida. Nothing official. And I don't really think you'd get anything official on this front. But kind of got the feeling today that Yannick Ngakwe will be here a week from today. Want to make it interesting? How so? I, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You want to bet? Um, so let me ask you this, though. So does that mean you think a deal is going to get done? Or do you think he's going to show up without the deal being done? I do not think a deal's getting done by next Thursday. So you think Yannick Ngakwe is going to show up without a deal getting done? Yes. And he's going to practice without a deal getting done? Yes. If you're Yannick Ngakwe's agent, and this is just, you know, this is all hearsay we're talking about here, but if you're Yannick Ngakwe's agent, would you advise that he doesn't do that? 
from the money perspective? Or what, what, what are you telling him right now? Well, there's, there's a caveat here that we don't know. Mm-hmm. If I'm his, well, if I'm his agent, I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. How much conversation has taken place? Yeah, and we don't know that. So say there's very little conversation. So it's like the, the engine hasn't even been started. The mm-hmm. key's not even in the ignition on this deal. Well, then it's not like it's close to getting done and we're off by a couple million or a year or or this or that. Well, now you're running the risk if you're kind of hanging out of not getting anything even in good faith started. Mm-hmm. So now you, you're basically in a situation where, okay, you can play the sit-out card or you can – you can go prove it and, and make big, big dollars and, and cost the franchise. Like the way I would look at it then and say, I'm going to go sack the quarterback 15 times and it's going. And now I'm going to set the market at yeah. what a guy like me makes coming out of next year. Because you can look at it that way. You can make even more money, by the way. Oh, you, know, you can make, yeah. You know, you can make even more right. money out of this if he doesn't sign this year. But doesn't but don't the Jaguars kind of fear that, though, where if he does go out and have a 14 sack the gamble season. they're taking. Okay. Oh, I mean, I, was, I shouldn't say they are taken. I mean, it would be the gamble yeah, they're, they're taken. taken. I don't want to talk in exact terms. Yes. This is so, a hypothetical. Yeah. And then, but if you're the Jaguars and, and, you know, you're dealing with the agent. So say you're still the agent. I mean, can't you just point to, and we've talked about it. I'm still an agent. I've yeah. been fired yet. We've, we, you know, we've kind of beat the horse to death, but it, it's a point that, that Prue's having here is, don't you just point at Frank Clark? Don't you just point at Demarcus Lawrence and say, this is what they make and this is what my client makes. Like, Do you think it's a fact that the Jaguars don't want to pay him um, as much as Frank Clark or Demarcus Lawrence? Or do you think it's a fact that maybe Yannick's camp is asking more perhaps than they should? I mean, like, what, what, That's what negotiating, you, though. Yeah. I, I would be more frustrated. If I'm Yannick's camp mm-hmm. and I'm the agent and I don't have anything that's, like, at least started, like I said, put the key in the ignition on this thing, then I'd be a little frustrated there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there should be talks at, to some level. I mean, we know what's coming up. It should be at least talks of like, hey, w- this is what we feel. This is why we don't want to get something done right now. I mean, again, I'm not privy to those kind of conversations. I don't know how that works. But I would be a little frustrated if there isn't anything, at least that's been said and done and kind of like, uh, not necessarily a handshake agreement, but at least, hey, we'll have some more conversations as the month. Get in here, get your stuff done, and we're going to talk about this. Um, type of things. Now, here's the deal. Miles Jack, I think his video was right on. He was there this week. Mm-hmm. So he, he's here or, or was here. I mean, he might be going back and forth. Um, what other thought? So anyway, that's just that's a little prediction of feel from me that I think he will be here. It doesn't mean he will be. And he has some, you know, he doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, he runs the risk of getting fined and all that stuff. But uh, I thought of one other thing today when I was thinking about the Telvin Smith situation, the Miles uh, not the Miles Jack, the Yannick Ngakwe situation. And we were looking at Deion Jones, who just signed that deal with the Atlanta Falcons. Yes. And uh, I was down there with Marcel Robinson, and Marcel's a, an Atlanta guy. And so he was talking about Deion Jones, and we were, we were looking at some film of him uh, that was playing down there at Jack's headquarters. And it did strike me. And, I, again, I don't watch Atlanta week in, week out. I don't watch Jones a, a lot. If you took the uniform away from – you swapped uniforms, Miles Jack and Jones. They look like the same player. Same kind of guy, huh? I mean, they look like the same guy. Yeah. They really do. I mean, the the sideline, the sideline, side uh, the word is Jones is really good in coverage. Um, just that can be a violent uh, nature about Jones. 
much like we talk about yeah. Miles Jack. It was really interesting to see because, again, I, I don't sit here and watch Deion Jones a lot. And I don't watch the Falcons a lot play. I mean, we're usually at Jags games, so that's one of the bad things about our jobs. I can't watch all 30 teams. But watching some of the highlights, I was like, holy cow, that looks like if you put Miles, if you change uniforms, you might convince me that that's Miles Jack. According to. And maybe that's why Miles tweeted yesterday with his eyes. Yeah. Perched. Yeah. At, yeah. at the contract of, what was it, four years, 57 million, I think? I believe that so. That Jones got? Well, and according to NFL.com, the player profile, uh, Deion Jones is six foot one, 227 pounds. You know, so. Is that about right? I, I, I'd say it's about. Well, it's, uh, I'm talking Miles about might be like a six-two guy. Yeah, but, yeah. But, maybe I don't even know. I'm not yeah. sure what his height and weight is. Yeah. One um, other thought. So anyway, the the thought that I got out of this, they then went to Julio Jones, and so Julio Jones, uh, they're trying to work out a deal and see what happens. You know, yeah. they've already paid Matt Ryan. They just did this Jones, this deal for Deion Jones. Now, Julio's got two years left on his deal, and this discussion about him getting a big time extension. It just like it's uh, and and maybe it turns out that Telvin Smith's deal is about money, and he doesn't isn't happy with his deal. My my thought was, the organization if they make a good play by signing a guy early, and getting a somewhat of a, a, a market deal, yeah, and in, in their investment, it's like it doesn't matter anymore. It's like you can't win as an organization for doing that. Yeah. Well. And this because kinda, the guy's going to hold up, say, wait a minute, the market's now going this way. I'm mad. I want more. I want more. I yeah. want to restructure. See, this it, is it's crazy. This is where I think about and kind of stay on topic here. But when the new CBA comes out, I think one of the biggest things that we haven't really talked about a lot, but I think that we could see happen is that the the, the, the contract, especially for like a first round player, might go from four years with that fifth year option to maybe like three years with no option. Um, and that way you can kind of dictate the market a little bit you're not going to have these problems because you're absolutely right you know julio jones who seems to have found the fountain of youth for all things considered i mean is still having a very productive nfl season after season but he's still a guy that sees the the market right now and seeing like well listen if i'm one Antonio of the brown just did this yeah. but i mean you look at julio jones you're like well listen if i'm getting the most receptions you know every single year getting the most yardage every single year well i want to be compensated like that you know so I really do wonder if we, in the future of 2020 with the CBA and the lockout kind of lingering, I wonder if we see a change up where you're going to see a change in those contracts. Let me ask you this. Uh, two two quick, quick questions. Yeah. Uh, if they were to do something like that, mm-hmm. you're coming out 2010. Say you're a first round pick. Yep. Would you rather have a three year deal or would you rather have the four year with option deal? Good question. I would rather go the three-year deal. Bet on yourself. Bet on myself. Yep, because when you're going the three-year deal, you're betting on yourself. And I think you have a lot more leverage to work with, obviously, as opposed to that four-year deal with the fifth-year option. What's tenure for pension in the NFL? What's tenure? Uh, it's it's three in one-third games, basically, is what they call it. So that fourth year is important. Fourth year is important, Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point. You know what no, I mean? Yeah, no, I get, I get what you're saying. Absolutely. Now, that doesn't mean a team couldn't cut you after three years anyway, and True. you don't make it. Yeah. But if you have a four-year contract with a fifth-year option, 
you're guaranteed but, to, well, not guaranteed, but you're more likely to get through and into that pension well, program. Well, exactly. But but don't get it twisted, though. You still have to play, you know, three and a half seasons to get that pension. So if you're a first-round pick and for whatever reason you don't play, uh, you get hurt that yeah, fourth hurt. year. Yeah. It's still game yeah, you service. Don't get your, it's still game service. It's not service. necessarily how long you're under contract. No, it's not how long you're under roster, even on IR. It's how long you play in the game. It's per okay, game. fair enough. So, yeah. So it's, it's kind of a give-and-take situation. But it's something to think about. No, that it's something to think it about tricky. as well. It, it does a little bit. But, um. I think you might see something changing here. I think most guys would try to bet on themselves. Oh, of course. That's, I would love to see that's that. That's the world that we live in. I would like to maybe go back and do some research and see how beneficial that is. Yeah. It's a boomer bus world. It is a boomer bus world. I got world. one more question about the NFL. We get to stay in your lane. We go back to the Miami Hurricanes. And uh, I want to ask this coach this question a little later in the show. One college football coach you would play for, if you had one choice, who would it be? It's all on the way in the final half hour here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Magic Whiteboard says... <laughs> Mr. Peanut wears a monocle because he doesn't have ears. All right. Yeah, there you go. Do, do you want to hear a quick monocle story? Sure. Do you know what a monocle is, right? Yes. So, so for New Year's... Boy, you know what? If you had asked me that before you gave the Mr. Peanut stuff, yeah. probably not. Known. Yeah. So, uh, for New Year's back in 2010, after the season, uh, I made it a po- I took it upon myself to hit up Jack's Beach for New Year's Eve, and I did it wearing uh, a top hat, uh, a three-piece suit, and a monocle. So, if you, I'm not sure if you've ever worn a monocle before, Brent, but they're not that easy to actually put in your eye, because you actually have to, like, squint to keep the, the monocle in. <laughs> well, that was uh, proving to be tiresome for me, so we went to my friend's house um, and decided... and. Granted, there were some drinks involved. We decided to gorilla glue the monocle to my eyebrow, and um, <laughs> so not yeah, obviously a really bad decision. But the worst decision, which I didn't even take into account, was the fact that the fumes from the gorilla glue would get in my eye ah. and cause a lot of irritation. So I was in the middle of Jack's Beach bars with a monocle glued to my eye and the fumes causing my eye to just turn red completely. And uh, I couldn't take the monocle out because it would have ripped my eyebrow hair, which I didn't want to do. So I had to tough it up and man up. But you know what? We got through it, Brent. How many like times do you wear just your regular clothes and not go in costume? <laughs> um... I mean, you had more. A, oh yeah, dude. Every time I, I can dress up for an occasion, I'll definitely do it. Um, I don't know, man. It was New Year's. If we want to do something different, so that's like that's more of just my the, the group that I hang out with, though, because they all wanted to do it too. It wasn't my idea. I just kind of went along with the with the group. Peer pressure, Brent. It's a real thing. Like, are you one of those uh, folks that, uh, like, say uh, someone's having like an '80s party? Yeah. Mm. You going all in? I mean, if I have to, I will, but usually it's more special occasions. It's like, oh, we're having a party, show up like this. Usually it's like off the cuff. Like I said, like New Year's Eve, let's yeah. get classy. Um, Halloween, I'll go all out with. Yeah, or to- yesterday you told us about you were the uh, Milwaukee sausage or whatever. Oh, yeah, whatever. yeah. I ended up wearing the, the whole sausage thing for because there's a bachelor party. You can rent them out, and the guy got tired in it, so then I got to hop in, and it was a little sweaty, but it's totally worth it. Yeah. I, I, I was cinco. And by the way, Fun fact about the Milwaukee sausages. Cinco, the one that wears the sombrero, okay. he's the newest one. He's uh he's an extra thirty pounds heavier, so that's why he never wins the sausage race because that one's actually the heaviest uh, sausage. It's the heaviest suit. 
Have you seen? Yes, correct. Be- oh. Because of the sombrero. Sorry, kids. Those are not real. No, they're not real. Sorry <laughs> to burst your guys' bubble. <laughs> All right. Uh, I had a question for you. Then we're going to get to stay in your lane. And coming up, think about this. And you're welcome to jump in on social media or on Star Star 690. One, the one college football coach you would you'd want to play for. If you if you're a quarterback, if you're a defensive end, if you're a running, whatever, you're yeah. a star right now, and you get to pick. Everybody wants you. What college football coach would you play for uh, on the heels of ACC, SEC media days, and all the media days going around the country? We'll get to that in just a bit. Mm-hmm. My question to you, we just talked a little bit about the CBA and about contracts, and we are on Yannick a little bit, and um, not getting on him. We are talking about him and his deal. And again, my prediction, if you missed it, is that he will be here uh, next week. That's the feel I get. If if you're Yannick mm-hmm. or Jalen Ramsey, and I know they want to get paid, but I'm telling you, you're going to get paid one way or another. Do you want to wait for the CBA to get done or get paid before the CBA gets done? Yeah. So currently or I mean, there's some talk that the CBA, like the NFL owners, and this was a, this was Goodell, and I think there's a little bit of uh, uh, posturing. Yeah. It's like, we want to get it done before the season starts. Well, they've had conversations. I love the fact that they are having conversations. They're not getting it done before the season starts. Nope. That was just a little bit to already, I think, a little bit of posturing to say, hey, we're trying, we're trying, we're trying. It's going to, it's going to, the public opinion is going to sway toward the owners. They're trying to get it done, but the players are holding out. They're already working on that, I think. Mm-hmm. But... They've got two years to figure this thing out. Say it does get done next year. Uh, do you want to get paid before or after it? What's more beneficial, you think? Uh, so from Yannick's perspective and Jalen's perspective? I mean, any big player's perspective. I okay, I, I got any you. Player. Because, Maybe any player. Yeah. Um, I honestly, Brent, the, I mean, and listen, if the new CBA comes out and they change the rules, then I'd probably say I'd wait for the new CBA. But the trend that you're seeing now, and we'll see what happens with Melvin Gordon. You know, we're still yet to see, because I think Melvin Gordon's the next big name in this whole scenario here, right? Like, if Melvin Gordon gets a new contract, then all things considered, what Melvin Gordon did by kind of holding the team hostage worked. So I would be all for getting the contract before because I don't think it would matter now. If for some reason where the CBA put it into the place where it has to be like a three-year contract or maybe uh, the salary cap goes up a little bit so you can get more money, then I would probably wait and see. You don't see it getting worse. Like, it's not getting worse. It's not getting worse. I mean, all things considered, assuming there's not going to be a lockout, assuming that the, that the new CBA goes through, it's going to help the players out with making more money. That I can guarantee you. I'll put anything on that. So from that perspective, I'd probably wait till the new CBA. But if I'm Yannick Ngakwe right now, I want to be compensated right now. Because in his situation, there's always the risk of injury, Brent. Yeah. And, and with Jalen Ramsey, I think Jalen Ramsey understands that he was obviously not going to get a new deal this year, so he's going to have to wait his turn. But um, but next year, if I'm Jalen Ramsey, it, it wouldn't hurt to till after the new CBA just to just to put it in place, which mm-hmm. I think w- would happen. And I kind of said anyone, but Ramsey's probably a better example of this because he's already made his rookie deal is worth like 27 million. Mm-hmm. So any. And you've got the, you know, he's going to get paid. Yeah. You know, he he could get hurt, knock on wood, and he's going to get paid on the other side of this thing. People know what he's done, his potential. Yeah. And not to say Yannick wouldn't, but Yannick's only made like three and a half, four million dollars by the end of this year in his rookie deal. Sure. So it's a totally different thing. I mean, at the worst case scenario, even if you lose the bet on getting paid before or after the CBA, yeah. Ramsey's made twenty-seven million. Yeah. Uh, and taking that home because tax and all the other stuff, but. 
is it was a big rookie deal. So um, it, it's interesting to me which way. And at first, I was leaning toward I think some of these guys might want to get paid before in case there's a lockout, get their money up front, put it in the bank. Who knows how long what the landscape of the NFL looks like down the road. Now I don't think there's I, – I feel like if you did wait, I think you're going to reap the benefits of waiting. It'll be worth more at the end of the day if you wait until after the CBA is done, Yeah, whenever that takes place. Well, since we're on the topic, let me ask you this question. Do you see the franchise tag changing for the new CBA? I think uh, – Because right, right now one of the rules in place is where you can franchise tag a player two times. Twice. In, uh, twice, yes. Yeah. Do you see that rule changing? Uh, I, I want to say, and I'll have to go back and look at this when we really deep dive into the CBA um, a little bit more. I feel like the number or whatever they judged the number of went up the last time, like in 2012 in your lockout yep. time. Mm-hmm. I feel like the you know that, that top five average of the position or whatever it was, I feel like went up to benefit the player. Sure. Or maybe it's just that salaries have gone up, and that's why I feel that way. Maybe a little bit of both. I think the, C, the NFLPA will try their darndest – to get rid of that second one mm-hmm. and make it a one. And, and you know what? I think I'd be okay with that. Yeah. I think, that listen, you, fair. you franchise tag one year, you're still getting paid. It's a lot of money. I mean, they're t- they're not easy to afford, yeah. the franchise tags. That's not an easy decision. And it's I mean, around here, the Jags hardly have ever used it. No, but it also helps the teams out, too, in terms of setting the salary cap. It, it doesn't. It, it would help the team like the Jags next year, say in the Yannick situation, say their hand handicapped by some of the uh, other big contracts mm-hmm. on their roster now, well, it does help you kind of stay and keep your window of winning, even if you might have an unhappy player. Yep. But you could still, I mean, how unhappy can you be if you're getting $18 million a year? Yeah, I, I know you'd want $100 million, but eventually you're going to get that quicker if you don't have that second-year franchise. That's what I would say. Yeah. Um, so I, I think if they got rid of that second year, it would be a good idea. Uh, I don't love that. You got to stay in your lane? Uh, stay in your lane. Yeah. So cruise control real quick. Um, you know, Brent, we've kind of been on the show a couple of times talking about boxing's kind of dying. You know, yeah. um, we're looking forward to the Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury fight, assuming that Wilder takes out Ortiz, which is a big question mark right now. But there's actually a fight going on this weekend that, um, could resurrect boxing a little bit that I think, uh, it has at least one big name that you heard of, and that's, uh, Manny Pacquiao versus Keith Thurman. Keith one-time Thurman. Uh, they will be squaring off this Saturday on pay-per-view. And the reason why this match is so intriguing is for many uh, reasons. Number one, Manny Pacquiao, who once again has kind of found the fountain of youth, if you will, um, has looked better than ever. And it's kind of wondering when is Father Time going to catch up to Manny Pacquiao? Because if you saw his last fight, he was super impressive. And he's going against this younger guy named Keith Thurman. They call him one time for a reason because all it takes is one punch and uh, you go into sleep. And with, with Manny Pacquiao in the past, you know, when he has taken those risks, when he has tried to go for the knockout, um, Pacquiao has been knocked out. You know, so it's an intriguing matchup, and especially from the fact that usually – Especially nowadays, Brent, when you talk about boxing matches, whether it's the Wilders, whether it's the Furies, even when Wilder fought Fury, um, there was an underdog and there was a favorite, right? Uh, Anthony Joshua was like a thir- plus, or I'm sorry, a minus 1300. I think Ruiz was like a plus 800 going back. Now, granted, Ruiz won, but still lopsided. Would have been a good bet. So this matchup right now, last time I checked, is about even, where it's basically a coin flip. No one knows what's going to happen in this fight. Is Manny Pacquiao going to keep on um, doing his thing? Is he going to throw 
throw a barrage of punches at Keith Thurman, or would Keith Thurman kind of find that one punch that changes the whole fight? And uh, from that perspective, it's intriguing because you don't see these fights anymore that are kind of coin flips. So, um, you know, after my fight, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on it, and I think fans should too if you're a fan of boxing. And obviously you get the name. Yeah, you have the name Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Pump your brakes. So <laughs> this is a I cool... I should be like part of a liner. I could do that for you, Coos, if you need it. Yeah, we would appreciate well, it. Segment transition. Pump your bricks. I'll record so, those after the show if you need me to. So getting back to more MLS Pump soccer. Your Can you match that one, Brent? You think you got that one in you? Pump your brakes. Nailed it. Although you sounded like you're 80 years old there. It sounded like you're starting to wane right there. You had about 20 years of smoking in you. You sound like Keith Richards if he was able to sing. But uh, pump your brakes going to Zlatan Abrahamovic. And I'm not pumping my brakes on him. bless you. I think the MLS, the Major League Soccer, is pumping their brakes on Zlatan for his comments uh, about a former player. Check this out quick. Now, you talk about lifting the level and getting players like yourself, and you said right now you're the best player in Major League Soccer. There's another player in Los Angeles, Carlos Vela. In this moment, he's got 19 goals, 12 assists, and his team is leading Major League Soccer. Do you still consider yourself the best player in Major League Soccer? By far, because if he's in, in his prime, how old is he? Carlos Vela's 29. 29. He's playing in MLS and he's in his prime. Mm-hmm. When I was 29, where was I? Yeah, you were in Europe. Big difference. Yes. Exactly. So MLS, that's trying to be legitimate. Try, trying to trying to match up to the European exactly. leagues. If you watch Latin. the video, as he's asking the question, you can see him visually get more and more mad. Like he like scrunches up. Well, I mean, Zlatan's one of a kind, first of all. But uh, I mean, he know, should do like the most interesting think, man in the world commercial. What do you think the MLS thinks of that though, where it's like they're almost like secondary, even though they are. But it doesn't help things when one of your star players of MLS is saying. Well, when I was in my prime, I was playing in Europe and not the MLS. So I thought it was just... Exactly. <laughs> That's great. He, he needs to do like some kind of like fragrance commercials, I feel like. <laughs> yes, you he know, does. like Something by Zlatan. Exactly. Zlatan, yeah. That would be... That would be uh, fragrance would be the way fragrance to go. Fragrance is the way to I go. I can't even think of yeah. another product. Passion. Prime. Zlatan. Yeah, I like that. Bring it Big all. Difference. Exactly. <laughs> Bring it all on ESPN 690 coming up. A little Miami Hurricanes talk to finish the show. And my question to you, what college coach would you play for? You only get one. Oh, because I have five. Right no. Now. You only get I one. I got five. Can't do it. I have five for no. different reasons. You have They're to all pick one. Reasons. That's not the oh. way we play this game. Okay. Make a damn decision. I can't, man. Next. A lot of fences right now. We're on. We, we report one week from today. We practice in eight days. So it's here for the Miami Hurricanes. So as much fun as we've had on social media, and I think that's helped you know, sort of alleviate some of the clouds that were maybe on top of our program, what's been happening on the inside is real. That's been what these guys have been doing with, with David Feely, our strength and conditioning coach, while no one's been watching. And they don't put hashtags for that. <laughs> Very well said. Manny Diaz. I like Manny Diaz. Yeah, Again, yeah. Uh, if you missed it a couple months ago, we had him on when he visited uh, in Jacksonville. And he's got a QB decision to make. They've got to find one. They've got some things they've got to fix. Uh, you can tell there's intensity. It's starting to ramp up. You can almost hear it in his voice. But uh, the Miami Hurricanes, who knows what they'll be uh, in 2019. I think they're a bit of a mystery. Uh, you know, for for... Well, now, going on two decades, everybody's asked Miami, will they be back? Will they be back? I don't even know if it's uh, – to me, it's not even that factor. I guess if I'm a Hurricanes fan, I'd like to know if I'm back and I can become Alabama or become like I used to be in, in the Canes program. Uh, they'll never become that because it's just not allowed that way 
I mean, everything was allowed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least for a bit. It was the Wild West. It, it seemed like the Wild West. Yeah. And so you'll never have that if that's what you're looking for. But from a domination wins all, to become like this Alabama or now Clemson, I, I don't even think it's worth discussing that if they'll be back at that it's kind of like year by year where can they get this thing you know they've got to compete in the state of florida forget about the national picture if they do if they compete in the state of florida the national picture probably take care of itself but uh i mean the acc is not that big of a climb outside of clemson i mean you can get in the conversation in a hurry in the acc and Miami should be able to do that. And somebody's got to find a QB down there, and somebody's got to get there. Now, what they've been able to find, as we welcome you back on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Coos, final segment of the show. Thanks for hanging with us on a Thursday. What they've been able to find is some pretty good defensive players and yeah. a couple of local guys. Michael Pinkney from Reigns, Shaquille Quarterman, Shaq Quarterman from Oakleaf, and Quarterman's a stud. Uh, you know, Pinkney's really good, too. They, But Quarterman, man... He was tremendous a year ago, yeah. and he was one of the players invited uh, to ACC Media Days in Charlotte. And sacks, tackles for losses, tackles, interception, force turnover fumbles. chains. He, he's he was the man. <laughs> he and was good. Yeah. He uh, was asked like a bit about following up that kind of season. Can he do it again this year? I think the key is just doing everything I did last year to be able to get those 14 tackles for loss, but even better, being more in shape, being more intuitive, you know, and, and playing harder. We have a lot of guys that get TFL, so, you know, there's only so many opportunities just because you have dogs around you that play just as hard as you do. So it takes your competition to another level. Uh, there's Shaq Quarterman uh, from Oakleaf High School uh, talking about uh Trying to do it again uh, as he gets uh, ready for this year for the Miami Hurricanes. But uh, that defense, I think, will be good. Also helps uh, that he's got – is it thundering out? That's thundering. Yep. yep. <laughs> can you That's hear thundering. that? Through, can yeah. you hear that through the microphone? I sure can. Like, oh, I could, I mean, could you, Coos? Yeah. I, 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 I don't know, know if it's that. coming through that. I mean, I could almost hear it through the microphone. Very, I feel like yeah, in my loud and boisterous. Right, yes. Sorry for the uh, – uh, interruption. Yeah. Or, but, or maybe uh, it's the wrong zone's getting ready for the concert. I do, yeah, <laughs> could be. I do think uh, the defense of Miami will be able to hold its own. It all comes back to that other side of the football, like so many teams. Yeah. When everybody's trying to resurrect themselves, it usually comes back to the offensive side of the football. People can manage to play defense at an okay level mm-hmm. and keep it in the game level, True. unless you play in the Big 12. Uh, but it's fine in that offense. And, Especially uh, in college football. I think it's really cool. I don't think Shaq Quarterman, guys like Michael Pinckney, I don't think they get enough love on the TV side. We try to show them as much as possible when they're in the highlights. But I don't think they come as heralded as they probably should be. And what these guys have become and what kind of NFL players they could be uh, will be a lot of fun to watch. So uh, good to hear from Shaq Quarterman. All right, the question is, what college football coach would you play for? You only get one, not five. So what would it be from a perspective Who would it be? of winning of a perspective? I'm a college kid, right? You so I have aspirations of going to the NFL. Then I, you have to go Nick Saban. You absolutely have uh, to. But now if it's personality, Mike Leach or David Shaw from Stanford or Mike Gundy. And if it's uh, intriguing, if I'm a quarterback, Lincoln Riley. So that's five of them. <laughs> I, I didn't follow the rules. But if it's if it's me, a defensive end, trying to make it to the next level, it's Nick Saban. It has to be, Brent. That was an atrocious display of answering the question. Thinking, man? You know, one of my favorite coaches in college football has long time been Chris Peterson, Boise State yeah. guy who's now out at Washington. Washington. The guy that I think I would want to play for, though, and I think I'd run through a wall even if I couldn't get through the wall, is Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. 
It's a good call. I, you know, he's done a tremendous job there. I think he's got a lot out of Northwestern. Dude, he's got a lot and then some, I think, out of Northwestern. And, and I feel like it's because of him. You know, I mean, I feel like nobody talks about Northwestern football. We don't talk yeah. about it. But I almost feel like I can feel Pat Fitzgerald's presence yeah. from here, from the outside looking in. Yeah. And in a different kind of way than a lot of others, the Lincoln Rileys and Nick Sabans and Dabo Swing. I think Dabo, I think, would be an interesting guy to play. There's a lot of them. But I think I'd choose Pat Fitzgerald. See, I didn't pick Pat Fitzgerald, which is a great answer, but... I know about 10 Pat Fitzgeralds back in Wisconsin that sound just like him. So I was like, I'm, I'm all set there. But no, he is a great coach. All right. Hands hey, down. fight night Saturday night. You're headed to Tallahassee for the way in the ball. Yes, Good sir. luck against Cam Graham, man. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, combat night, Tallahassee. If you want to come check me out in Tallahassee. Uh Tickets still available, man. Where is it? When's the card uh, start? Man, it's it's at the uh, the moon, I believe. It's it's like a club, and it'll start uh, probably like around seven o'clock. I won't go on until about nine thirty. Okay. Yeah. Go check them out. Take yeah. a ride to Tallahassee. Yeah. Support Austin and, Lane. And depending on the weigh-ins, maybe I'll give a call in tomorrow. I'll give you an update on how the weigh-ins. Hopefully, uh, you'll be able to do that. Hopefully, timing uh, permits. Tyler Jordan, former Gator, former Bishop Kenny High School star, scheduled to join us on the show tomorrow. Co- playing co-host. Hope you have a good uh, night, everybody. Don't take my job, Tyler. More on the Jags and Action Sports Jacks relationship agreed upon for another four years and the move for mall access to, from Monday to Thursday tonight on TV. I'll see you on TV, CBS 47 and Fox 30 in a bit. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 